I go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. I think, of the Blake and Sal Show. I'm Blake, and we're dealing with a clusterfuck here in our studio. So let me bring on my co-host. First of all, the biggest heel podcasting, if you're still in the Big Brother um, house. Sal, how you doing? I'm in the DR, <laughs> and I'm very excited, and I'm just a floating head right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, the other man in my house that's also dealing with internet problems. Mark, Dad, how you doing? Oh, just fabulous. Hey, I got a title hey, for the, the show. There. <laughs> the trade! I, 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 I got a title for the show. Technology is a bastard. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, With an appearance by the big giant fan. <laughs> and on the line, normally I'd be playing his music, but the soundboard's also down. Get it! Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Everyone can just imagine a theme song for me instead. The Bohemian Post is just very funny to me. Nothing's working. Wait a minute. How about we do? Na 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 Batman. Yeah, the classic. Ay ay ay. So Sal, let's get started. Help support the show and find all the platforms you can find the show and other products we work on at theblakeofsalshow.com. Yes, and you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, and since it's September, our pumpkin spice uh, <laughs> copy paper and more. 
from our mm-hmm. T Public store. Just search the Blake and Sal show, or go to uh, tpublic.com and search the Blake and Sal show from there, or go to blowthecollar.com and search the show there and get some shirts there. I was hoping you'd say something like back to school related because school's back in session here. So hey, wait a minute. Did, did the Blake and Sal show charge cables come in yet? Not all items actually exist yeah. or available. <laughs> but wait, like, that's real? No, it's not. <laughs> not a real thing. I'm actually. If it were, I'm sure it would help all our problems we're, that we're having today. One thing I can do is still get paid, for, paid, for, paid to take care of things. They're going to commercial and come right back. <laughs> all right. Two plugs. First of all, um, today, I know it's awesome. We have it was two, my favorite one. We have two <laughs> shows that I'm putting up today. First, they both have to do with the Movies by Minute at Home Convention that happened this past Saturday that John apparently missed. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was a deliberate choice. Uh, <laughs> deliberate. But, you know, not, not out of spite or anything. I just Nia was I, there I all nervous day. doing the like live table reads and all that. Nia was there all day. I mean, that was just all day. Um, he doesn't have a, a, a life. <laughs> valid. valid point. Valid point. Actually, to Jonathan's defense, his uh, internet connection was spotty. He didn't want to risk going completely down. So therefore, you know, instead of having all these aggravating problems, he decided to basically kind of not. I still got to do my plugs, guys. I still got to get my plugs in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm on an episode of Bad Minute right now. Not getting to the point at all. <laughs> no, we never get to the point. Today, listen to a special episode of D5 the Mighty Ducks that was part of MMX virtual event. And also, um, over at Blake Estelle at the cons, you will have a full episode covering the event. So that's over there. Finally, this is where you would hear Imagine Dragons Underdog, if I can get the soundboard to work. Go to WisconsinPodcast.com or go to the link below and vote for us for Best Comedy Show in Wisconsin. We are an underdog in this category, as I've been told elegantly by many, many people. So vote for us, and we'll see if we can actually like fucking from, win from this them? thing. No, from, like, my own wife. So we are not going to win oh. this category. So well, <laughs> well, she's a nerd that likes to read, so. Let's, let's, hey, 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 hey. Let's prove everybody wrong. And All get us to win this nerd category. lives matter. Ay, ay, ay. So, go and <laughs> click on the link. We are literally the very first category on the page. Click on our show. I don't care what else you vote for. I prefer you vote for Ian Bennett in sports. Do that. But everybody else, I don't care. Just vote for us. Thank you. All right. Let's get on with the show. Let's start sad before we get into the wrestling side. Because this is the top topic, top, top topic in all of entertainment. Bula! Kendrick Bowen passed away at the age of 42 from colon cancer. Everyone knows that I have Black Panther. <sighs> this one, this one hurt. This one hurt. I'm not gonna lie. This one, this one really hurt. Um, Sal, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I think, I think the big thing is, is that it was just such a shock, and no one knew. I mean, I mean, I'm sure like people in his inner circle did, but like it just, it wasn't public knowledge and it just kind of came out of nowhere 
which makes it worse. And, you know, the fact that he's, you know, young and, you know, he was really becoming something in Hollywood and um, it just, it's just so sad. And, and, and then you look at all the stuff that he did while he was sick. I mean, he, he did the Black Panther movie sick. I mean, like no one knew. And there was a, a friend of mine uh, who had posted on Facebook after the news came out that, uh, you know, he was looking really frail in his like final months and no one, no one had any, had any idea. Yeah, it's sad. And yeah, it's crazy that he did Infinity War and Endgame and all the other movies. And right the charity the work that he did. And Everything. All the kids he that was he went everywhere. To he was everywhere, which is insane. Dad, to you. Uh, he's going to be a talent that's going to be sorely missed. Uh, and he's going to be irreplaceable because it's not only the Avengers movie and Black Panther's movie he's done. He's done other movies, uh, 21 Bridges. Uh, the uh, biopic uh, uh, Get On Up for uh, oh God. I know you're talking about. Me, but, I know you're talking about. Um, yeah. yeah. And if you get a chance to see that movie, Get On Up, he does a wonderful, uh, wonderful impression of um, James. Uh, like once again, my, my mind It's going to come to you later. It's going to come to you later when we're not talking oh, about yeah, this. Oh, yeah, but get a chance to watch the movie Get On Up, and he is excellent in that movie, and he's got the mannerisms of, of the entertainer. He's got the dialogue, you know, that, that gravelly voice of the entertainer. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure if he's doing actual singing, but his performance is spot on. And like I said, this is going to be talent that's going to be missed and irreplaceable. You just can't take someone of his type of caliber and talent and say, switch them out and we'll put another actor on there. No, sir. He's a, uh, he's a talented actor and irreplaceable and condolences to his family and, and his friends and his fans. John, anything else you want to add? Yeah, it, it is one of those that people aren't just saying it now in retrospect. Like, oh, he was a great actor. You know, you say that about everyone, but this is true and genuine, and people loved him in all of these movies. And in fact, I've just recently enjoyed him in... He was in The Five Bloods, the Spike Lee movie. Uh, he's not one of the main characters. He's like someone you see in a flashback multiple times. And he's great in that as well. He's really charismatic and interesting. And it's just a shame we're not going to get to see more of that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he does have a movie coming out on Netflix about the end of the year. So he'll have one more movie, and also mm-hmm. he apparently did the voice already for that um, Marvel What If show. So he did the voice for that already. So we'll still have that to look forward to. That's a good oh, that's thing. good because yeah. I don't think they should recast Black Panther because there's there's other Black Panthers in the comics. Exactly. You you can't recast right. him. You can't well, put someone it, else in the outfit. The, there's difference. The idea I thought of, of is. Since his sister Sori is so good with technology, mm. why can't there be a female Black Panther? It's true. There's, nothing, yeah. there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think they did that in the comics, actually. I think when, when the Black Panther character died in the comics, I think she takes over. Well, there you go. You have it You have it on the record. You can do that. Perfect. Yeah. And then they can team her up with the female Thor. There oh, perfect. There right itself. Yeah, exactly. You are wrong. All of you are wrong. To turn your backs on the rest of the world. 
We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest. While he sits on the throne, he is a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must. I must right these wrongs. Alright, well, let's get into wrestling. We have a lot to go to, so pretend like you heard our really long answering intro here. Boy. <laughs> It's the way close for the Easter boy Ric Flair to come on here and say a thing or two. Personally, you all deserve this. Under the sea, under the sea. Oh, what a rush! Oh, it's me! But don't worry, you could have seen the commando. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. I could have with her. What are all your full frames? <laughs> Stop! Listen! Because... 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 I am Lance Catamaran. And, um, let's go to the news. Sal, go. Uh, so, uh, WWE and Mauro Ronaldo mutually part ways. You know, the story broke on Monday in the middle of Raw, and I've never seen Sal so fucking happy about <laughs> somebody <laughs> leaving WWE. I can't stand him. I don't like him. I don't, I don't understand the appeal. He's obnoxious, and he's a little bitch. <laughs> oh, I like him. I, I just love him shouting Mamma Mia, which probably annoys you. <laughs> This has yes, been years in the making. God, Sal, you're the just, years in the making. You're just <laughs> jealous, Sal, because they didn't pick you. It's just, it's just funny to me. Like, oh, no, I, I said it to Sal, and Sal's like, he's celebrating. He said it to me like, he's saying mad at me. He's Barrett. Yeah, Barrett's back. I, I know. Okay, Sal, now that you watch NXT this week, because you never watch NXT, what do you think of Barrett and Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix as the announced team? Um, I can honestly do without Beth Phoenix, but um, I think Wade Barrett did a really good job. Yeah, I enjoyed him a lot, actually. Dad, any thoughts on Mara besides Sal's weird hatred for him? <laughs> oh, okay, does this that mean that he's not going to get picked on anymore and he won't have any anxiety issues? Well, that's 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 a that's oh, he a still will thing. from that's, me. That's a mental thing. You can't control it by polarism. Okay, you can't control that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we're making fun I of mean, mental health on the show. I, I, I like this commentating because uh, he was always, you know, when he's commenting, he was in that other level where the more excitable type of, of level came out. And the rapport between uh, him and Beth Phoenix was just great. It was kind of like a husband and wife back and forth, bantering back and forth, back and forth. So, you know, I, I'm going to miss that. John, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss that. I I liked his enthusiasm, and when he got excited, I got excited, which is uh, tough to pull off because whenever Michael Cole says anything, I don't care. One thing I will say, I who? will miss who? the awesome Michael video. Cole. Uh, he, got oh. he got it. Isn't, isn't he the? No, no, it's Corey. That big oh, he... throws the jacket over. I'm sorry. Anyway, what <laughs> I was going to say was the one thing I am going to miss tomorrow. 
is those funny ass videos they put up after takeover of him like overreacting to everything. <laughs> I love those videos. Those make me those make my day. Like the day after takeover. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's, it felt a bit more genuine than some of the announcers who like, are clearly being told what to do and say, whereas he was just kind of like having fun. It was real to him, and that's just fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> but when he commentated on NXT, you got that that surge that, you know, he was really involved in the product and how excitable he got. And it was like, oh, no, here it comes, here it comes. You know, it's like, <laughs> and it made you kind of wonder what was going to happen next. Mm. Now the band is like, Way Barrett, solo kid. Like, I okay. enjoyed it, though, this week. But, okay, you let's know, move on. Come, come on. Mr. Barrett's got to get more inflection this way. He's got to get more <laughs> excitable. Otherwise, you can read a lullaby and put he everyone came to sleep. He NWA. It's not like anything was going on on that show half the time. Um, Sal, <laughs> speaking of blind hatred, go to your next story. <laughs> I know. It's like people that I hate weeks. Uh, Rey Mysterio tore his tricep to payback. The pay-per-view that shouldn't have happened. Okay, everyone, I agree with that statement. Oh, I agree with that. But, yeah, he had the same injury Edge got back at the – back at what? With that backlash <laughs> back in that pay-per-view so same injury i mean he's gonna be out for like nine months um funny part is he just resigned like two weeks ago <laughs> he yep. just hey good good timing on his part getting the money <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, yeah, but, so, but yeah. my understanding is he's still gonna have insight on dominic's training and dominic's well, character he better. development he better. i guess that was the deal i feel like I will say, I feel like having the entire family on Raw this week was like a goodbye to the storyline. I feel like that's... <laughs> Let's just end oh, this no. now. No, can we, no, 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 no. Can we, can we have a petition for his wife not to be like gaudy and wear like fucking leave <laughs> concerts all the time? Because that really pisses me off. Okay, so wait a minute. Let, let, let's play. How do you think Ravi Serial's wife is? She's probably a, she's probably an absolute sweetheart. She just dresses like a rich bitch. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, how old do you think she is? <laughs> oh, how old? Um, I don't know. In her well, because uh, how old know, is she's Ray? like a 40s how old to is 50s Ray? range. The short black leather skirts don't do it for her. You know, she I mean, she's dad, 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 her youth. Here's ain't doing it. Here's the thing. It probably yeah. does it for Ray. So that's oh. why she wears it. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. <laughs> Oh, is that where everyone's going to? That room, the Alistair Black's room. Oh, God. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Anytime the light's out and Alistair doesn't come out of the room, I'm assuming Selena's in there with him. I'm convinced of that at this point. I'm oh putting my. that in canon. Oh. <laughs> That's happening every time. Or, or the Does that explain her, her Batwoman outfit? <laughs> no. Hey, I never it? complained about a Selena outfit unless there's wings involved. All right, Sal, back to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, everyone's favorite uh, part-timer, Brock Lesnar, his WWE contract had expired, making him a free agent. This is a big deal, and I don't know why everyone was making such a big deal. I had more put it on here because it was like a top story for the last like three days. So I don't have any thoughts on this. No, it, it's not a big deal, is it? I assumed this would happen. He just wants to have a break and he can't be bothered re-signing. It's not like he's going to go to AEW. Exactly, and besides, he's up in Canada. I don't even know if he could travel here anyway. So, my, my thing is, I think he's going to go back into UFC. No, he won't. And he's, he's gonna no, go no, around one no, more time won't. and try no, to won't. get UFC champion. I think he's done with MMA. I honestly think he's done with MMA, unless like Bellator is gonna give him a ridiculous contract like they did everybody else that's aged out of the sport. But well, <laughs> well, 
Or I just take a shot at people today. Here it is. <laughs> Colin McGregor versus Brock Lesnar. All the marbles. Do you want to kill Brock Lesnar? Like that's what you want to do? <laughs> what you call that? Colin McGregor. Like, come hey, on, it's people McGregor. would buy that. I I would care less, but most people probably would be like, "Oh my god!" Or or you could do like the last time there was a UFC fight with Brock Lesnar. Just go on Snapchat and just wait about fifteen minutes and watch the entire fight there. That's what we did. That's what we did. <laughs> you're, you're, wait a minute, you're giving too much time. It's not fifteen minutes. No, no, it's that includes like the entrances. A minute. And no, a no, half. no, 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 Dad, you're missing my point. You're missing the entrances, and then the over-the-top oh. introductions, and then the fight, and then okay. the delay to get it on social media. That's where the 15 minutes is. Okay. This is the delay to get it up on okay, social media. <laughs> All right, let's it. move on. If you're thinking the match lasts no, 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 Three minutes max. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Impact Wrestling. This is a bit of a spoiler for those who didn't watch Impact last night, Dad. So, um, Eric Young beat Eddie Edwards last night to become the Impact World Champion. Um, <laughs> I did not expect this. This this one came out of nowhere. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> it was Holy a, crap. It was a big shocker last night when it was this morning when I watched it. Because obviously I was watching NXT. I wasn't watching Impact on Tuesday night. I'm watching it Impact this morning. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, what? <laughs> um, Dad, you watch Impact like I do. Your thoughts? <laughs> Wow, I this was a game changer. I never expected Eric Young to have the Impact Championship belt. I mean, when he was on TNA, I think the belt he got was either Exhibition or he won the world champion. He won the world champion one time. This is the second. Okay. this is the second world so, championship TNA. Now here, here's the thing: Are we getting the? crazy wild out there Eric Young where he, he, he's, he's like definitely voices and he's one, got different personalities this is not that but just definitely 100% heel an asshole and I know it Eric Young like oh my god is oh, he an asshole it, in this character oh, it's and it's amazing to watch like, is, is he more of an asshole than the Bobby Roode character he just tried to break he brought he, he didn't he like re, re, quote unquote retire Rich Swan by breaking his leg intentionally twice <laughs> Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Well, NXT. It's going to be interesting now. NXT. Super Tuesday. Apparently Super Tuesday night one. Because, you know, the NHL schedule keeps changing because of the protests. Um, we had a 60-minute four-way Iron Man match. Before we get to the results, Sal, you watched it live with me. Your thoughts? It was it was fun. It was, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it and it really didn't feel like an hour to be honest dad you watched it too how many of thoughts uh you know it took a while before anyone finally got a pinfall and then all of a sudden when one person got it then another person got it and then they were all tied up with one yeah we'll get to the final in a second we'll get to the you final know, in but a second I, I, i'm telling you that these guys their sound? cardio was just fantastic for lasting as long as they had and Doing each other, you know, they're doing their own finishers and still, wow. I mean, kudos to uh, the performers and uh, the management for coming up with this this dream match because this what is it was a dream match. I will say, I laughed at Barrett when he said, I'm impressed by um, Ciampa's, uh, Ciampa's stamina. Did you not see the Ciampa Gargano like marathon matches that they've had the last like six months? <laughs> like these like 45 minute matches these two had. Um, no, he, John, he's got to pretend he hasn't seen any of it while he's been gone. True, John. <laughs> oh, look, you happen to see your match thing, at all? Did, 
he he did admit to the how long him and Finn Balor have been yes. friends in contact and things. So, so John, did you see the match yet at all? Yes, yes, I managed to watch some of it this morning. So I went. I just basically just went straight into watching this one when I got up. Yeah. <laughs> so, <and> so... <laughs> no, it was it was great. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. I want to see them all fight again. Yes. And, although the one thing I'll criticize is is what was brought up already, and they do this in all Iron Man matches. As soon as there's one pinfall, they they come like dominoes. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. <laughs> the last ten minutes, but you so know that's how it goes. Yeah. The last ten minutes, with so many pinfalls, and it's amazing. <laughs> there's never one during our commercial break. It's amazing how that happens. It's a miracle. <laughs> oh, wow. No, they, it kept it exciting. It was exciting from beginning to end. There is one thing that bothered it. me. It wouldn't bring about me because I was also I, I watched two Iron Man matches in the last week because I watched the Jordan Grace Diana Perazzo one on Impact. There was no clock up. Like, how is anyone in the building know how much time's left if there's no clock up? <laughs> that was bothering That's a me. Good point. Like, there was nothing there. Well, like, you, you have these fans. Finally, you have the fans. NXT, the, finally, the, like, I'm past halfway through. Finally, put a clock up. No, they didn't. Not in the building. For us, they did. Well, my point is, okay. you have the fans on the outside hitting the boards and everything else. Wouldn't you yeah, want yeah. that experience of the the fans counting down and all this kind of stuff? The timer they didn't have any of that, and it kind of ruined it for me at the end. Like, you don't have a timer up for the fans in the building? Like, it kind of bothered me. But anyway, we had a final. The final ended up being Balor got two falls, and then Colt got two falls right at the buzzer. Ironically, I wasn't sure the story they were telling. Were they telling us the story that Cole just missed it? Or did he get under the buzzer? Apparently, they got it under the buzzer. And um, so next week on Super Tuesday, Dark 2, apparently, we're getting Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship for real this time. John, who's winning this match? Ooh, uh, this is a tough one for me. This is probably the toughest thing you're going to ask me. Because I so want Finn Balor sure to win. That? I love him so much. <laughs> and I'm leaning towards him. But I don't know, because they're not going to move Cole to the the main roster. I hate that phrase. They're not going to move him there anytime soon, are they? So you don't have to take it off him yet. You could build it even more. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cole, even though I want Balor. <laughs> See, I, I'm going Finn Balor because they could tell the whole story how he hasn't held the belt in many, 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 many years now. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. You can tell that story. And Cole just had it for a year. So I'm just throwing it out there. Cole just had it for a year. Um, Sal? Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of hoping Finn Balor wins only because it's been a while and kind of over my, uh, Michael Cole, Adam Cole well, Michael Cole being too. champ, so. <laughs> <laughs> that... I'm going to go with Finn only because I think if he wants to bring out the storyline of the Balor Club, and we have more of his friends, that. Club, that'd be great. That for years. I'm 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 kind of <laughs> tired of the Adam Cole baby regime because I'm tired of basically forcing undisputed era down everyone's throats. Uh, this is the time to kind of break away, and for Fish and O'Reilly to get back the tag team belts, and for Roddy to go after North American belt and have everyone be their own champions because once they're kind of overshadowed by Adam Cole, you kind of go, who are these guys? Okay, Pat McAfee. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Damn straight. Wow. All right. WWE, um, let's start here. Originally, I was going to play that clip for 10,000 times on on SmackDown and on on, um, the pay-per-view this past week, but Paul Heyman 
lined himself up with Roman Reigns. I honestly did not see this coming. <laughs> I, no, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> there was, I, watching, me and Manny are watching this. TJ's already passed out. Everyone watching the end of SmackDown. And, and, and Roman Reigns is doing his thing. And everyone's seen the clip by now. Everyone's seen the clip by now. I'm telling you right now, I will be at Payback on Sunday. That is a promise. I will be in the triple threat match, wreck everyone and leave. That is a guarantee. And I will win back my Universal Championship that I never lost in the first place. That is not just a prediction. That's a spoiler. But all of a sudden, we both look at each other like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what just <laughs> happened? It was amazing. Like, I haven't had that feeling in a long, long time. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, Sal, go ahead. Your thoughts on this situation. Um, weird. Weird, <laughs> weird, weird. <laughs> it's just like... What the hell? Um, I'm intrigued. I mean, Roman Reigns really doesn't need a Paul Heyman, but I am so on board with this. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's the weird thing. Like, I'm the same. I I don't think he needs. He doesn't need a manager at all, really. Right. Yeah, I'm fascinated. <laughs> well, I look at it. CM Punk didn't need Paul Heyman, but it worked for the heel gimmick. So yeah, look at it that way. You know, Dad, your thoughts? I think we're in for a different um, journey with Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman on his side. And I'm hoping it doesn't become repetitive. Like, okay, this is uh, a Brock Lesnar rewrite two or whatever. And if we're going to go through that shtick, you know, the fans are going to not put up with it. And it's basically not going to work. If you're presenting something fresh, then I I have a great chance it's going to work, and he'll be the solid heel in the company. Uh, now my thing is, what what do you do with Braun Strowman? Well, let's let's get the payback and um, tie it all together for the okay. one time. Sal, you're going to crack up at this. Sal was not on the show last week. Sal, the one time in like four years that Dad does not pick Roman Reigns to win a match. <laughs> <laughs> the one time Roman then wins the title at payback. The one time. <laughs> That's because he didn't consult me. It just—it was so funny to me. I literally saved Dad for last during the picks with Rich and me and Rich. And I'm like, Dad, I know what you're going to say, so we're going to go to you last. We go around the circle. We come back to him, and he picks Braun Strowman. <laughs> that, that made sense at the time, I'm, I'm sure. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The one gimmick you have. The one you have. Oh I, wanted to, I wanted for him to get these hands on the feet. I was amazed. I was like, I, can't, I should play the clip back like for, uh, in post when I put edit the show together. People that missed it last week because the clips are fucking last week's show. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Roman wins after not being in the match for the first 15 minutes. And they get me out. And I said to Sal, I am done with this match. And he comes out and signs the contract on the stage. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> I was done. I was like, I'm done. Um, John, any thoughts on Roman Reigns winning the title in the weirdest way possible? 
Oh, it was well, it was so strange. It was weird. I didn't expect it. Um, so it really caught me off guard. I mean, that's always a good thing because I would have yeah. probably said, "Oh, it's going to be Braun as well." I, I never would have thought this would happen. <laughs> so you know, if you can keep me uh, on the edge of my seat like that, that's half the battle. True, Dad. Now that you, now that Roman Reigns has actually won the title. Okay, here, here's the thing. I like the way the match ended up only because, and and Jonathan hit the point. Is it's going to keep guessing? Because a lot of times with SmackDown, SmackDown was really predictable on how you figure, you know, who's going to win what. But now, when you throw in Paul Heyman. You got SmackDown that's unpredictable, and that's the way it should be because if you get too comfortable and people are able to pick who's going to win the match, then why is there any reason for them to tune in to watch? I will say that I watch SmackDown every week, and it's the first time I've actually looked forward to it in a couple of months. Like I'm actually looking forward to watching SmackDown Friday. Like, yeah, I won't be on my phone every five minutes. Yeah, like I have, I have it on every week, but I'm only half paying attention. This week, I actually want to pay attention to what's going on. Sal, your thoughts? Yeah, it's um, it, Raw and SmackDown have been missing that thing that's really wanting people to. I can't wait till next week, kind of a thing, and. This is that one thing, like you said. It's like I can't wait to watch and see what happens. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, moving on real fast. Well, let's go back to the past. Bobby Lashley won the U.S. title, and most people didn't care except for the <laughs> fact that they did have a condo pose in the pictures. Um, <laughs> the, in the one of the weirdest moments, I mean, it was a meme after after the pay per view, and it <laughs> said, "2020 is weird. I just rooted for Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler." Um, <laughs> 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 20 Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat Shasha Banks and Bailey to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. If you told me that two weeks ago, I never believed you. I, <laughs> I wanted them to win too because I'm sick and tired of the golden role models. Yes. Someone had to win the belt. I, I wouldn't have thought it would be these two. No! Uh, but it, there needed to be a change. This is very like um, Sheamus and Cesaro or like. Big Show and Kane, or uh, this, this yeah. is very like. <laughs> so they found the women Braun, version of this, <laughs> like like Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Oh no, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. For the we record, don't mention okay. name on this show. Hang on, hang on. I have to explain that. John Nicholas from at WrestleMania a few years back, where he won the title with, with the Braun, is like is like oh a, yeah, is a is like a trigger point for Sal. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> it's a trigger word. See? I'm not <laughs> the only one. I, oh, but I fully we, get it. I'm behind you. We love you. bringing it up. That's all but, it is. But it's a trigger word for Sal. <laughs> but he, and here's the thing that w- was really unexpected is Nia Jax's reaction was just priceless. You know, oh, we won, we won. Ooh, and, you know, dancing with the belt and stuff. That was great, you know, because that is not scripted. <laughs> That, yeah, that felt real. Coming out, and it was beautiful. Did you, did you see um, that they they made the Stone Cold uh, meme video with her saying what no, is in no. the crowd? No, I didn't get that. That's funny. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. That's hysterical. <laughs> it was great. So I will throw this out there. Do we think that we're going to have Sasha Bailey finally at Clash of Champions, or are they going to hold off on this again? <sighs> Can they you probably hold it off hold any off, longer? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, John? 
can you hold it off any longer and know. keep people interested at this point? I don't Let's know. I, I want to see it soon. I give their credit. It's another storyline of SmackDown. I'm interested in that. What do you think? I think the time is perfect right now to have Bailey versus Sasha and Sasha to take Bailey's title and walk around and kind of like put it in her nose, thumb it and basically go, ha ha. I, I did it. I beat your ass. And then lose it on her first defense. So, I think <laughs> I was about to say real story no, is no. not. Oh no, I'm going to say. The real match to watch is not the first Bailey Sasha match. It's the second one. If Sasha actually can retain the title, that's the real match to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real one because I think that's the real story well, here. <laughs> my thing is, is you know, she resigned, and I think you want to get the money's worth out of your talent. She's lost so, every okay, talent let's defense. have her put a belt on her and see what it, where it goes. Okay, moving on real fast. Keith Lee, surprise everybody, beat Randy Orton clean. I did not expect that. On any level, hey. I really did not see it coming. I figured his match to end the queue. John, quick thoughts. No, I was the same. Didn't didn't see this one coming. I thought Orton will just, you know, Keith Lee will get a good showing in, but Orton will get the win, obviously. But no, they actually did it. They actually let him win in good fashion as With well. Spirit bomb. It was a nice Keith surprise. Lee's amazing. I, I love, love Keith Lee. And for the record, because I vented about this on last week's show. I uh, understand the music issues. I'm very happy to see him in tight set and in a skirt now. But please, <laughs> someone just take his damn shirt back off because he was not needed to wrestle. Sorry. The fat guy in me just, just wants him not to have a shirt on during matches. Um, no, I, I agree, though. Like, why did they... <laughs> did Vince see him and go, I don't like his physique or something? It's the same reason why Kevin Owens wears baggy shirts. It's the same exact reason. Ah, <laughs> it's stupid, though. Keith Lee looked reason. great, and he looked... The best thing about him... He looked tough. He looked like a fighter. With the shirt off. <laughs> he looked like a fighter. That's the best part yeah. about him. <laughs> here's, here's my thing. When we've seen Keith Lee wrestle in, in, without a certain NXT, and people are trying to do chops on his chest, right? It hurt more. You, know, you <laughs> hurt look more. at this, and, and basically it's like, you think this guy's going to feel it with how thick his chest is? Come on. But now you got a shirt on? Now he's trying to sell it? Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's not got the same impact at all. No. Because when you see the size of his damn chest, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yes, you know, and here's the thing with Keith Lee, I look forward for him to doing brighter and bigger things, and I would love for him to have a belt on him. And who knows, maybe he'll go after uh, Bobby Lashley for that would the be fun. That'd American be fun. title, you know? The, um, you mean the um, U.S.? The North America did NXT. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I can see where you'd be confused. Because there really is a difference between the two belts. Um, we're moving on <laughs> to the other what-the-fuck moment this week. The Iconics broke up. Oh, and I'm devastated. I love them. I will say, be well, before I even get to this, I'd like to... <laughs> well, before I even get to that, the Iconics broke up. Riot Squad's getting a title shot. That's all whatever. But my favorite part of this whole thing was Tom Phillips going over the top and being like, 20 years of friendship is over. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, dude? Like, it's, not that, it's not that serious. Like, no it was one, to me, damn it. <laughs> no one's 
dying. Mandy said that perfectly while we're watching. Like, no one's dying. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and they'll be friends again in six months. They'll be friends again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, well, they'll drop this storyline real quick. I know. Yeah. So, John, you're, you're reacting. So, go ahead. Your thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I love them. I love them. I love how much they annoy people. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Billy Kevin. <laughs> The funniest thing in the world. John, John, that's why we love Sal so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow. from the Big Brother house. <laughs> oh, as upset as I uh, am saying I am, though, we joked about it, but they will drop the storyline. They'll be back together. By the Rumble. By the long. Rumble, the earliest. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because they oh, haven't man. done anything to establish either of them. Unless they're going to do As being deserving like of a singles run. They are, but they haven't done anything to show people that. I know, like, Mandy was telling me there were, like, Peyton Royce would be the one they're going to push, but do something with her now then. Do something. I yeah, mean, anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're oddly doing more with Lana oh. and Natalia, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't even get me started on that one. Oh, then I won't. But Let's go. I think what they're doing. <laughs> okay. But with the Iconics, I think the reason they're doing it is they're supposed to be a brand shakeup in October. And it's easier for them to do it when they're singles than a tag team. Agreed. Because I think you want I think you want both divisions or both brands to have equal amount of women talent because you never know when someone's gonna get injured and now you don't want to deplete your talent roster. Like so you have been this is the way to do it. And you know, I, well, trust me, we'll get more into whatever they're doing with the brands, whatever they're going to do in October. We'll get there. Um, and hopefully the Fox Robot shows up for that one as well, like the last time. Cletus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Let's move on to AEW. We have a pay-per-view this weekend. We have to talk about it. That's the main reason Woo. we are here. But before we get to the pay-per-view, um, what's funny is we're doing this on Wednesday. For people that are wondering. So if anything happens on Dynamite this week and they add another match or two, we don't know about it. That's number one. Number two, we're going to throw it to a um, a conference call that hasn't happened yet. That'll be attending the um, Tony Khan <laughs> conference call on Thursday. So we're going to wait to post this show on the editing board until that is up there. So we're going to throw it to that audio now, and then we'll come back, and we will preview all out. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, this Saturday night, AEW will broadcast the second edition of All Out from Daly's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville, Florida. In what's shaping up to be one of the biggest shows of the year, we have three world championship titles on the line, a 21-man casino battle royale, as well as some wildly entertaining matchups across the board. There's a lot to cover today. Uh, we have about 45 minutes or so, so let's dispense with the opening remarks, and Tony's ready to go. So if we're all ready to go, let's go right away to the lines, and uh, Robin, if you'd open the line to uh, Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes, and we'll get, we'll get started. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Very well, Kenny. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. We're all very excited uh, all out this Saturday. I wanted to ask you, maybe it's a controversial question, I hope not, but um, Chris Jericho had said, I think it was last weekend, that he didn't really think that the, the FTW belt meant that much in AEW so far. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get your comments. And Obviously, there's kind of three male single titles and what we can maybe expect coming up with the FTW title to, to give it more. The FTW title will be treated totally differently than the other titles. I'm really glad you asked that, Kenny. Uh, 
I'm working on a pilot, and it's a different kind of a project than the way you see in wrestling titles uh, defended traditionally. And it's very different from, obviously, how we use the world heavyweight title and the, the TNT title. So the AEW world title and the TNT title, I, I think, have been treated as very, very important titles. And I, I really, really feel great about both those belts and their champions. And the FTW you know, title and Brian Cage, I feel good about, too. But it, we haven't totally established it yet. And to be honest, our plans for the FTW title, uh, there's a lot in store. And I'm excited about it. So I'm glad you asked. Thanks, Kenny. All right, thanks, Kenny. Uh, next up, I'm going to call on Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. Bill, you there? Hey, can you hear me? We can. Oh, hey. Hey, Tony, how are you? I'm well, Bill. Thanks, man. It's great to hear from you. So I wanted to get your opinion on the response to the tooth and nail match so far. Um, I know some people online were less than thrilled that it's going to be on the buy-in. So do you have any comment just to reassure fans or make them realize that this is an opportunity for them and for more people to see the all-out pay-per-view and it's not really a demotion? That's absolutely true. I've always felt that way. And we put from the first uh, pay-per-view we did, Double or Nothing, we put some of our biggest stars, including Hangman and MJF, on the buy-in. And uh, the idea of it, the reason it's called the buy-in is because we try and put exciting stuff on this first you know, hour of the show so that people will pay to see the whole show. Um, I love wrestling fans, and I've often said that wrestling is my favorite economy, and it is a strange inelastic economy. It is the only place in the world where you'll have people complaining about getting something for free uh, that they don't have to pay $50 for, and I think that's great uh, because, like, the prestige of the quarterly pay-per-views, it shows how important I think we made getting on the main card. But at the same time, this is a great, important match for us. I'm not, I think you'll see a lot more of Britt and Big Swole, and uh, I'm excited about this. This isn't going to be uh, a traditional wrestling match. The pay-per-view is going to be very, very wrestling-heavy and not as story-heavy. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more on this call about it. But philosophically, like uh, last night, the second hour was more story-based stuff to get you ready for the pay-per-view. Uh, you know, similar to what we did for Revolution, uh, we had a very wrestling-heavy first hour in Kansas City with uh, Kenny Omega and Pac in the Iron Man match. And the second hour was more story stuff, and Chris uh, Jericho and John Moxley did the weigh-in. Last night, it was some great wrestling in the first uh, hour, and some good wrestling in the second hour, too, I thought. Uh, particularly uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb were excellent. But uh, with Britain Swole, uh, there's like so, going to be a ton of great wrestling on this card. Their match is going to be uh, cinematic, frankly, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a live crowd there, and uh, we thought for the live crowd, given the kind of match they're going to have in this situation, this isn't the, 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 the Britain Swole can and will have great wrestling matches. I think this will be a little bit different, but it's also going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be free for everybody to check out, and I think all the great wrestling everybody's going to get uh, on the pay-per-view will be worth the money. But it's a great question. I don't think it uh, affects the status of the match. It's more about the tone of the match, frankly, and uh, and also the fact that it's good placement. It's a good advertisement for broad uh, fans to AEW. We think it's going to be a great match, and it's going to be going out to a big audience. All right. Th thanks, Bill. <clears throat> um, 
Next up, I'd like to call on Connor Casey from Comic Book. Connor, are you there? Connor, you have to unmute your line. Hey, Connor. Hey, are we good? Yeah, man. Awesome. Hey, Tony, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, of course, uh, yeah. In the past few weeks, we have seen uh, NWA power footage on Dynamite. We've heard Billy Corgan's voice. And obviously, we've seen Thunder Rosa more than a few times, and she's got this big match on Saturday. What is the working relationship between AEW and NWA as it stands right now? It's the working relationship between us is the extent of the good personal relationship between Billy Corgan and me. Uh, I've had a good relationship with Billy for years, long before I got into the wrestling business. Um, frankly, uh, I'm good friends with Chris Nowinski. Uh, I really believe in Chris's work. And uh, I think, you know, the Concussion Legacy Foundation does great work. Chris has come in at my request and spoken to all of the AEW talent. And uh, we have a good relationship with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And Chris is my good friend. And uh, he introduced me to Billy years ago. And I went to one of Billy's concerts. He's a very nice guy. And I have a lot of respect for Billy as a musician. Uh, the NWA has got great history. They aren't really operating right now. I think we're very, very different companies in a very different place. And I think the NWA, it sounds like they're going to get back to running. And I wish Billy the best with the stuff he's doing. And I thought this would be a good opportunity for them and for us because Thunder Rose is great. And I thought she would be a great challenger for Sheeta. So it's one of those situations where uh, I thought it would make sense for both sides, which is why I proposed it. And he agreed, and that's why we're doing it. Thanks, but, Connor. Uh, it's a good question, said Connor. I, I, and sorry, Jim, I, was, I, I didn't mean to. So it's that, that's, the, that's it, Connor. And, uh, I, you know, I've asked Billy about this. Uh, I'm not sure what, what the future would hold for it, but obviously um, if Thunder Rosa wins the title, there could be a lot more. And uh, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta is going to be one of the great matches on the card. I think Thunder Rosa... Her first match on Dynamite was a hit last night, and uh, I'm really excited for the match. And so Billy and I have got a good relationship. If Thunder Rosa wins the title, uh, you could see, obviously, uh, a lot more stuff between us. But um, I don't have any plans to use anybody else from the NWA. Um, although some of our star wrestlers have been there, you know, with uh, Eddie Kingston and Ricky Stark and Colt Cabana. So it's a good it's a good question, but besides Thunder Rosa, we're not really talking about using anybody else from there. But again, Thunder Rosa by you know the weekend could be our champion, and it's quite possible. So I would stay tuned on that. All right, thanks Tony, and thanks Connor. Um, we we asked uh, we invited everyone to submit questions also online, and we have a number of them. Uh, Tony, I'd like to read one uh, now to you from Darren Paltrowitz. A freelancer and his question is unlike other wrestling companies AEW has managed to keep people surprised where most of the surprise appearances have been kept secret even when pre-taped there's a lot of work go into that or is it that people don't get hired unless they really know or really show trustworthiness um I think it's a bit of both we work really hard at it we keep a small circle we're a small company. It's a family co business, a, a small company, and we're a startup. And we've grown so quickly worldwide. But uh, frankly, 
even though we're the second biggest wrestling company in the world, uh, we're not the biggest machine. We're not the biggest. The, there's not so many people that, that just spoil a surprise because I think uh, the more people that are in on it, the more likely it is. And we really benefit that we got a lot of great, trustworthy people in our front office. And uh, I keep things very close to the vest, uh, frankly. But the people I do talk to, I really trust. And the people we bring in have been really trustworthy. So I think it's been a, a really positive thing for us. And we've we've tried to keep these Surprise is a surprise, and frankly, we have a lot more surprises ahead for you in the coming weeks, um, and I'm excited about things things that are coming. So uh, I really respect the job our, our team have done, and the, the rare times things have come out, um, I don't think they were from people in our core organization. Uh, it's funny, Chris, I think at one point alluded, Jericho alluded to somebody uh, he thought mentioned something off a tape show. And I think he was right, and I don't think that was a person that works here. Uh, but generally, when we've uh, tried to keep surprises, we've kept them in the family, and we have a, we have a great family here. Fantastic. Thanks for, Thanks for that, Darren. Uh, we're going to open the lines back open uh, and go to Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. Nick, are you, are you with us? I am here. Hey, Nick. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Sure, Nick. How's the weather in Chicago? Sorry for asking uh, that and wasting everyone's time. I'll add that time back on the end like a, like a football match. You know, <laughs> I went down to North Pond yesterday, and it was a beautiful 82 degrees. I watched the turtles and the ducks, and it was really, it was beautiful. You <laughs> could have been there, buddy. It was wonderful. I mean, it's been a while. I haven't been home uh, up there in a, a long time uh, yeah. since revolution. Since revolution. Come on back. We'll go to a hair salon and a bar. It'll be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> What's up, Nick? <laughs> um, so, Tony, my question is pretty straightforward. I know you love when you get asked about free agents. It's like your favorite thing. Um, but there's a big one out there right now. Brock Lesnar. Have you talked to Brock? Do you have interest in Brock? Um, what do you say to all the, the speculation that he could possibly find his way into AEW? I can't comment uh, on that at this time, Nick, uh, but um, I've enjoyed uh, Brock's work for many years. Uh, he's a great fighter and a great wrestler. Uh, I don't think people talk enough about what a great worker Brock Lesnar is and, and uh, is one of the great working big men I've ever seen, one of the great uh, athletes in the history of the wrestling business, and I have so much respect for him. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't uh, comment on that, Nick, but I appreciate you asking. Thanks, Nick. Um, another question came in online, Tony, for you from John Corrigan from the Wrestling Estate. With all the highs and lows of AEW's tenure so far, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned as the head of a pro wrestling company? It's a great question. Uh, last night is a really good example, honestly. There's times uh, where the red light goes on and it's 7.59.59 and at 8 o'clock, the show clicks on, and you should have realized something sooner, but literally it doesn't occur to you until you're there in the chair. And that was me last night, and, and there's times where it's going to be like this. And, and frankly, like, uh, I know last night there was, a, there was a lot of great wrestling in the first hour, and I put a lot of responsibility on Thunder Rosa and Serena to have the strong wrestling match in the second hour, and I thought they nailed it. And they were put in a showcase position in the semifinal, and they nailed it. And uh, But I kind of knew we were putting a lot on them, and thankfully they hit a home run for us. But 
in the first hour, like I said, in Kansas City in the first hour last night, in the go-home shows, my philosophy has been put a lot of wrestling there, put a lot of story stuff in the second half. Now, in Kansas City, some of the story stuff you got in the second half, the weigh-in with Jericho and Moxley with, you know, this big crowd in Kansas City, they loved it. You've got uh, the um, uh, Orange Cassidy's coming out and challenging Pack in the show, uh, with making that match. It's a lot of fun stuff. Last night, uh, frankly, I understood that, like, if people want to see a lot of wrestling in the show, 48 weeks a year, that's all I think about is wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Four times a year when we have these huge, huge pay-per-view cards, they that week become the priority. The go-home shows, I treat them differently. The highs and lows and the lessons I've learned, every week I learn a new lesson. The pandemic has been lesson after lesson after lesson. I try to learn things and not do them again, and if I make a mistake twice, then I'm definitely trying not to make it three times. Uh, the highs and lows, it's really the same thing. It's just like learning and, and trying to put together good shows. I have a feeling that this weekend is going to be one of the great highs. Um, I look back at Revolution as probably a high point for us. And then uh, I just think, like, that day was a perfect day for me. Um, I had met with a lot of people. I had been with uh, Orange Cassidy and Pac talking, you know, separately and uh, very late, talking about things that I wanted to see tomorrow. And I'd been with uh, John Moxley and Chris Jericho very, very late, separately uh, talking about things that, we're going to happen with them. And uh, I ended up uh, getting very little sleep. Uh, we played uh, early in the morning, uh, Fulham won. Uh, when I say we, I mean Fulham. Uh, Fulham had this match. I didn't get a lot of sleep and then went over straight to the arena and we had revolution. And to me, it's the best thing we've ever done. It was just the perfect day. I would call it the ultimate high, but it was also the culmination of learning a lot of lessons. Since then, uh, the wrestling business has changed dramatically. Last year, we were the number one company in attendance per show in the world of wrestling. And uh, this year, it's not really about trying to put fans into arenas. The, the philosophy of the business has changed completely in the last six months. And I feel like we've tried to roll with the punches. This weekend is going to be one of the highs. This weekend, I can't tell you how excited I am for Saturday. I held back in the second hour last night, too much, maybe, because I wanted you to really anticipate the wrestling on this show because the main card on Saturday, bell to bell, is going to be the best wrestling you've seen since the pandemic. Furthermore, I hate that it's come to this. I hate that this is what we have to do. But I've used this analogy privately and publicly and I'm sorry to give such a long-winded answer to highs and lows. There's a lot of answers to highs and lows and a lot of things I can talk about. And I'll say this, like the pandemic has been the, the, the best example of this. There have been such highs and lows in this pandemic uh, trying to do great things. To come back and do Double or Nothing and do that, I thought Double or Nothing was like the bastion of ingenuity. To be able to sit back and it's like, okay, we, you know, with what we have, how can we do a great pay-per-view? I thought, and I'm sorry, I'll just be honest. We were both operating during the pandemic. I tested everybody coming in. This might be the pull-out quote of the press conference, but I'm going to say it. I thought Double or Nothing kicked the crap out of WrestleMania. It was a much better pay-per-view. Uh, we were both operating under difficult circumstances. I think ours, we were fortunate. It was a little bit later in the pandemic, and we had implemented testing, and we're doing testing at that time. But when we did Double or Nothing, we were still the only ones doing testing. So it wasn't like, uh, it, you know, we, were, we, were, we had 
a good testing plan at that point, okay? And what we came out with and did at that point, at, to, to set up a bubble uh, and do that pay-per-view, I was so proud of it. We've come a long way since Double or Nothing. Uh, if you were, dis you know, if you, if you uh, want to see a show with wrestling fans in a packed arena, I can't give that to you right now. But what, what, what I can give you, and I've talked a lot about in the last week or two, has been a drive-in movie theater. I know everybody wants to go back to the movies and go see, me, at least I do. I used to go to the movies all the time since I was a kid, and, and it, you know, it's one of my releases. And I haven't obviously been able to go to the cinema in a really long time. But the drive-in movie uh, is a way to go with your friends and family and feel safe and do the same thing you used to do before, which is go see a new movie together and, and you know, in a kind of a captive experience where everyone's not going to be in their phones and, and paying attention to the movie on the big screen. And I, I, I can't offer you the cinema, but I can offer you the drive-in movie. And that's how I feel about what we're doing with the live events. And it's one of the great highs for me. And uh, to see the live crowd, Chris Jericho described it as one of the great highs of his 30-year storybook career uh, last week, having that crowd back. We're going to go. We're going we're gonna to go. It, we've got a lot of unallocated space we didn't use, but we didn't want to stretch the security personnel. The, the people, the staff at Daly's Place and the AEW team have done such an amazing job on this. And, and we're going to go a little bit closer to 15% uh, for all out. And again, I compare it to the drive-in movie theater. I think this is 99, over 99% safer uh, than the experience of packing people into an arena. I think this is the only way uh, to do live event wrestling shows right now is outdoor, uh, socially distanced, seating pods, fans in protective masks, and having people around not to... Not to be a jerk about it, but just to remind people, hey, please don't get out of your pod and go hang out with the people in the other pods, and please keep your mask on when you're not sipping your drink or eating your pretzel, or you know. So um, we've ha we've had that, and uh, this weekend will be, I believe, uh, one of the all-time highs in the company. When you look at the card, which you know, I think now we can hopefully spend more time talking about, and I, rather than me giving you this long-winded answer, I just. I'm really excited for it. I, I think Saturday All Out, uh, it's going to be a lot different than All Out last year, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way for the situation we're in, the people I'm with. Uh, please, if, if you've ever liked an AEW show, check out All Out this weekend because I think it will be some of our strongest work. Thanks for putting up with that. Sorry. <laughs> we're all good. <laughs> um Let's go back to the live lines. Uh, John Alba from Spectrum Sports. John, are, are you there? Yes, I am. Tony, thank you for taking the call. I appreciate your time. Uh, piggybacking off of what you just said about the COVID protocols, at what point did you guys decide that you were going to let fans in, and what was the process like in determining what the health protocols would look like? We came up with this idea. I wanted to do... The, anything I could in, to, to start looking at a safe way eventually when we've got, you know, first of all, first and foremost was a testing plan. We shut the company down in April until we could come up with a way to make it safe to do shows for the wrestlers again. So we did that. And my, my number one priority, at A and B, are wrestler uh, health and safety and fan health and safety. So 
we came in and it's like first to do a wrestling show we need to make sure we can do this and keep the wrestlers and the crew and staff safe so we implemented a testing plan and we returned uh at the beginning of may with a live show and and have been doing this with you know testing and and have had great results which really shows that the people have been doing the right things in social distancing because we've had uh, i think you know people have come in and we've had very, very few positive cases and we do rigorous testing. Uh, once we got that implemented, uh, I started to look at how we could utilize our outdoor space to safely have some kind of live event experience. And we'd been, we'd been putting tested people, you know, fans uh, at ringside, but they weren't really fans. They were wrestlers and crew and staff, but it, it added a sense of normalcy You've probably heard me say it by now that I got this idea from watching The Tonight Show and they had the crew in the studio. And, uh, I, you know, going back during the first week of the pandemic, looking at how shows were handling it, that was the most creative thing I'd seen. And uh, then how can I kind of take that and replicate it? How can we do this? Well, Daily's Place has three levels and is a really big outdoor space. Uh, eventually... We had had, you know, the staff kind of spaced out in the bowl, and I started to wonder about the top two bowls. There, there's not a bad seat in the house as far as the stuff we've allocated. I mean, we've, you know, there's great views, and it's, uh, you know, my, my first thought was, how, is it for egress, for getting people into the building, temperature testing, all the, the things you need to do, the, the things I never thought of uh, that our marketing staff put together, like the pickup, uh, of the, uh, you know, when people have ordered uh, items uh, online for, you know, shop AEW, they're, they're able to pick them up, which I never even thought of how we'd get through that or the concession lines. And the creative thought and ingenuity that our team put into it, uh, we spent the last several months working on it. And then we did kind of a soft open. We invited some staff uh, and some sponsors and local friends to come and sit up there and, uh, you know, did temperature tests, all the stuff we're doing now for them is kind of a soft open. We slowly started to hire more security personnel. Then uh, a week before we went live with fans, uh, we had done, again, kind of a soft open. We brought in some security. And I think you saw some of those videos, maybe some of you guys had posted online of what we were doing before we actually started selling tickets, just to kind of get ready to train the security personnel to remind people to stay in their pods and, and keep their masks on or, uh, you know, not too many people going into the bathrooms at once. And um, it's, it's, it's been a process that, you know, it, it felt slow because everyone was anxious to have the fans back, but I think it was right to be cautious. And, and now we got a process that has worked really well, we think, and hopefully for all out, it'll be, it'll pay off with this, with this great crowd of, you know, 700 people, 750 people, it, however it comes out exactly, it's going to be the hottest, biggest crowd for wrestling in a long time. And the most important thing is it'll be a safe crowd. Um, thanks for asking about it. All right. Th thanks, John. Um, I'd like to call on Jim Barcelona from the Miami, Miami Herald. Hey, Jim. Okay. All right. Good. Oh, yeah. Now you can hear me. Great. Hey, thank you so much. You know, I'm curious because you mentioned Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. I'm wondering about Serena Deeb and and your women's division in general. And might we be seeing more Serena on the show? And just you had a, a great women's tag team 
Cup tournament that was just uh, amazing. And what are your thoughts of the division these days and also about Serena? And thank you. Oh, sure. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, we've been bringing in more talent. Uh, some of our best wrestlers in the division, including our first champion, Rio, have been uh, trapped outside the U.S. because of the pandemic. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki was also one of our top wrestlers. And so not having them, we've been looking to bring in more talent. And uh, Thunder Rosa challenging Sheeta for the championship. And, and now Thunder Rosa being positioned here with a chance to be a top wrestler and maybe even the face of our women's division. And then you've got uh, Serena Deeb, who many of us are familiar with uh, from her work in the Straight Edge Society for WWE. And uh, I hadn't seen Serena work in a long time. I heard she had been looking really good in the ring. And uh, she came in, and uh, I thought she was really impressive. And she got, frankly, rave reviews. And, and uh, I'd love to have Serena back. And, again, Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta we're very excited about on Saturday at All Out. And that's why we've been looking to expand and bring more talent in. The Women's Tag Team Cup, we brought in more talent, Tay Conti. Uh, and Anna Jay were a good team, and now the Dark Order has been recruiting Tay Conti, and we think that could be uh, interesting to see where that goes. So, yeah, because of the pandemic, we thought we had some, some very good uh, women wrestlers that were a really important part of the division, and with them not being here, hopefully they'll be back soon, and that's why we've looked to bring in some new talent who I think have really done well, especially in recent weeks. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Um, next up is Amy. Oh, by the way, just if I can, Jim, if I can, for both gyms, just real quick, Jim, if it's okay. You know, again, I am really proud of them. I'm proud of Thunder Rosa and Serena because we put them in a big position in the semi to be the strongest wrestling match in the second hour, and they did it, and they hit a home run where the other matches are more, and, you know, we're setting up stories for All Out because All Out, like I said, even – you know, four weeks a year, I, these quarterly pay-per-views will really, frankly, you know, beat the audience over the head, over this, especially in the second hour, with All Out. But it's for a reason, because I want you to know that this Saturday, we're going to do something really, really special. I'm, I'm so excited about it. But I'm really proud of uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena, because they, they hit a home run in the second hour. So thanks for asking about that, because I thought they were, they were great. Okay, um, Amy, you may have heard me uh, call on you. Amy and Emily, are, are you there? Yes, hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, um, so this question is for Tony. What's it like being a wrestling fan who's now in charge of one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world? Are you still a fan? Has it changed your relationship with wrestling at all as you've worked through the last year and a half? Uh, yes, it's changed my relationship with wrestling uh, immensely. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. I've learned so much on the job, and that's what I was talking about last night. You sit down in the chair and you realize things sometimes, that you'd, you'd pace things differently or do things differently. Uh, I've been through some of the most hectic situations of my life, but uh, it's one of my favorite things, and I am so happy to be in it. I have surreal moments all the time, like, Anytime I do a podcast or anything with Tony Schiavone, um, you know, I look over and I think it's ridiculous that, you know, Tony Schiavone, who I've been listening to my whole life, that I worked this closely with, uh, you know, whether it's producing him on the show uh, or on this podcast or in post-production, uh, Tony does all this great work. 
Uh, it makes me so happy when I think back to Tony Schiavone telling the story. You know, I've listened to his podcast before there was AEW, before I knew I was starting AEW, and uh, he would talk about how, you know, he had regrets in the wrestling business, and one of his great regrets was leaving the WWF. And he had this job that was a pretty good job, and he left it to go back to WCW. He, re he thought he made a mistake, and there were parts of the job he really liked. He really liked working at Coliseum Video. He liked being a producer, and he liked doing the announcing, but I don't think, I think the most organized he'd ever seen the operation in terms of production, in terms of producing the announcers and, and what they were looking for was probably the WWF, and I don't think they had as much structure in WCW. I hope and strive to be somewhere in between uh, where we're not overproducing the announcers, but I do feel like I've got a really good working beat with all the announcers, and I bring Tony up specifically because throughout the year he's been with us, and uh, even through the, you know, the darkest days of the pandemic, through the shutdown, when we ran a bunch of tape shows in April and, and got it all together in a marathon, Tony was such a workhorse in post-production. And so I, I, I bring him up not exclusively. I have these experiences all the time as I sit in Gorilla, you know, with Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn working through the matches. But I also don't really have any time to think about it because it's so hectic and crazy. But every day, you know, I share, uh, uh, you know, an office and a meeting space with, uh, you know, Chris Jericho, um, or Matt Hardy, it's pretty surreal. And to think that Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy uh, are going to be in very, very prominent matches on All Out makes me really smile. But I also can't really be biased or think of it that way. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's crazy. Um, I'm really, really excited for this weekend and, and things like All Out and shows like All Out are what get me going. Um, I'm also really excited for this, just this whole week because I know that the, the Dynamite after All Out is going to be really, really good. I can't tell you guys everything about it yet because uh, you're going to have to see the pay-per-view and see what happens on the pay-per-view. And, uh, and, you know, there'll be some fun surprises. But this whole next week, I'm really, really excited about. And uh, as, a, that's, as a fan and also as what I do professionally, that this is one of my great loves, my great love. Um, thanks for asking. Tony, I'm going to ask a question on behalf of Alex McCarthy from Talk Sport, who wrote in. Alex's question is, how has picking up new talent like FTR affected the long-term booking you've often, or you've often spoken about? Have you enjoyed the challenge of pivoting? Uh, I have. I have. It's been crazy. Uh, like, when, as we've added people, you do have to change plans, and at the same time, there's some people that come in and they make it very easy for you to change your plans. And when you get top talent like FTR, who are one of the best teams, if not the best tag team in the world, uh, they fit into your plans. Like, you know, it's like, it fits like a glove. Um, when you want to have the best tag team division in the world, you can't go wrong when you sign arguably the best tag team in the world and pair, you know, pair them in a division with a lot of the other candidates for the best tag team in the world, including Kenny and Hangman, including the Young Bucks. I thought Kenny and Hangman and the Young Bucks set the standard for American tag team wrestling this year and, and pretty, you know, going back a pretty, pretty long time uh, with their match at Revolution. And FTR versus Kenny and Hangman now, uh, they have to try and set the, reach that bar, and I'm excited to see if they can 
live up to it, but I also think there's a great chance they can. And uh, as far as bringing other new people and pivoting, I really appreciate you asking this because I never thought we'd be in this situation. It was kind of a dream situation in terms of being able to like hone your craft. Uh, being in Atlanta with you know less than 30% of your roster and trying to put together shows and having them make sense and not knowing whether you're doing four shows or five shows or six or how long it's going to be that you need to stretch these tapes and all the things you need to think of to get through that, um, that we got through the month of April is like, you know, if ever you can pivot around and, and make it work and piece together uh, shows and, and then come out stronger and, and do really well in May. And, and I was so worried about Double or Nothing and how we were going to do Double or Nothing and make it a great show, and we did. So if ever there have been, you know, questions about how to get people in and, and pivot, uh, your ideas when you sign new people and or people or the flip side, frankly, man, is it's that much harder when people aren't there. Uh, you know, fight, going to fight for the fallen uh, when we had some changes to Fighter Fest, it wasn't uh, exactly as we were originally thinking of doing it, but it worked out incredibly well. I thought under the circumstances and all the shows did really good numbers. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fun. But it's a lot easier when you have to pivot because you sign great new talent like FTR as opposed to when you have to pivot because, you know, people aren't available and it's a pandemic. So um, I think we're, we're, we've had unique experiences that have helped us helped us do it. Um, there's an expression I saw somebody use on Twitter. This is very anecdotal, and I hope uh, I, you know I hope it's, it's it's okay. Somebody used the expression the COVID push. I was like, man, that is a harsh expression, but it is frankly a thing that in the pandemic, when based on availability, there are people that have really stepped up and that that's what they got. And there are people that have made the most of it, not just in w, not just in AEW, also in WWE and any places that have been wrestling. Now New Japan's back up and you push the people you got and we're seeing people trying to be creative and, and do the best they can with what they got. I thought double or nothing with a hand we were dealt and what, what we had to build it up and then coming back May 6th and then we'd already kind of put in the first layer of the house, some foundation, setting up Cody versus Lance Archer in the TNT tournament and then implementing other stories and reintegrating some of the people you'd only seen on video packages or promos for like the past five or six weeks. Uh, that was uh, a challenge going into double or nothing. So anyway, for all out, point being, uh, now that we have this great roster, I thought Double Nothing was hard to get to. This um, card, to me, when you look at the matches on this, I think having live fans, this has a chance to be a really, really special pay-per-view, and uh, it wasn't as daunting a task to get this card together in a lot of ways. All right. Thanks, Tony. Um, we'll go back to the lines now. Um, call on Sean Radigan from PW Torch. Sean, you there? Yeah. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm really I'm great, Sean. It's great to hear from you. It's good to talk to you. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, what was your thought process behind putting together the card for All Out this year? Um, I know earlier you talked a little bit about putting on a cinematic experience for fans. 
um, because of the pandemic and what's going on for people watching at home. But a, a lot of stipulation matches up and down the card. Did the pandemic influence any of that thought process? I don't. Think so. I you know there are stipulations. There's a on the buy-in. That's one of the reasons why I think having the cin be cinematic because there's not really the show is not going to be cinematic. I think for the live event experience, this is going to be. It's not going to be a packed or arena full of fans, but there's fans here safely distanced, and, and it's going to be a live show with fans. And putting the cinematic match on the pre-show, because that's, the, the, you know, there are reasons we needed to do it. Uh, and it was the, the tone and, and the situation, and frankly, this is, Britt's leg, Britt's leg injury is not like a worked injury. It's not like MJF's neck. Like, Britt had a broken leg and a broken nose. Uh, so with a fracture in her leg and her nose injury, like we gave her some, some time off. And this is the first time Britt's come back and done anything physical. Last night when she attacked Swole was the first time Britt's done a physical wrestling activity in a long time. And uh, I'm really excited for this match, but uh, there's a lot of reasons why I think it's, it's the right reason to do it cinematic, frankly. And, and for the people asking, I think that's why. For the wrestling on the show, there are some stipulation matches, but there's also just a lot of great wrestling. And I think when you look at it bell to bell, uh, even though there's, there's going to be, obviously, uh, Mimosa Mayhem, I think will be a great match, and Chris and Orange Cassidy have had a few great straight wrestling matches on television now, and really great uh, examples of, of chain wrestling and, and, and the art of the comeback. This will be the most fans they've worked in front of, and this is going to be a great match. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy... Is a, the broken rules effectively? It's a last man standing, loser leaves town match that applies to Matt and uh, Matt and Sammy have had uh, this great feud. There's a great story that Sammy wants Matt out of AEW. Really, since Matt's been in AEW, he's, he's mostly tormented Sammy and, and vice versa. So uh, Sammy's an original. He is the original. He wrestled in the first ever singles match in AEW. He wrestled the first ever match on Dynamite. And, you know, he's wrestling now uh, in our first last man standing match. He was in our first tables match. Uh, and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And if you look at the rest of the card, you've got a casino battle royale, which also uh, is involving a lot of people on the card, but I think will be, frankly, a great example of how far the roster's come since our first show, because I think this casino battle royale, now that we have, this depth of a roster, we'll see a lot more talent in it, and you'll see that the roster has come a long, long, long way. Uh, who's in this one versus where we were with the first Casino Battle Royale. We had some great people in it with MJF and Hangman. Uh, we established some new talent like Orange Cassidy in it, and but there were a lot of people in it who probably were not at the level of wrestling that are going to be in this one. And then I'd like to just go down the rest of the card because I feel like, Sean... There's so much good bell-to-bell -bell wrestling, and for a person who just wants to see great wrestling matches, when you look at Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, who are two of our top teams, and they're both in the top five, and I think we really believe in the tag team wrestling, and it's like a title eliminator in UFC or boxing because they're both highly ranked, and the winner of the match will be better positioned for a championship match uh, with the winner of Hangman and Kenny versus FTR, another great wrestling match that we, we think will have a chance to steal the show. Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this as a bell-to-bell -bell wrestling match again. Um, and then, of course, Moxley versus MJF will be, I think, 
a really, really strong wrestling match on this card. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at that, uh, that has a chance to really be a great chance to establish uh, whether it's going to be John's run of dominance or whether it's going to be that Max is the future of this company. And frankly, I think it's both. I think John's had such a great run as a champion, but I also think Max is arguably the future of this company. And I'm really excited for everybody to see what we're going to do here and how we're going to, how this match is going to go. I'm really excited for both of them because I think uh, as far as like a big fight feel, this has it to me. I'm, I'm really excited for their match. Uh, and I think I'm really excited to see, you know, how people come out of this with the show. There's also the eight-man tag. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. I thought how Brody Lee uh, won the championship was a very, very, very strong moment for us and got a big response and, and shocked a lot of people. Um, the Dark Order, again, when we, like, like what I said with the Casino Battle Royale, I think as an organization, as a, as a group of heels, they've come very far from where they were last year. And Brody Lee has a chance to be a great TNT champion. I think the TNT championship means more in our company than other titles outside of the world title in other wrestling companies, if that makes sense. There's a reason there is a TNT champion. We have this media relationship that means so much to us. It's our prime source of revenue. It's our prime source of exposure, other than these huge quarterly pay-per-views that we build to, like, all out. And Brody Lee's a great champ for us. And this, you know, this match he's got, with just a lot of moving parts in this situation. The, the, the babyface group with uh, Dustin and QT came out to support Cody. Uh, and then a couple of Cody's friends, Scorpio Sky and Matt Cardona, who's an outsider, uh, you know, showing up. I think that has a chance to be a great match, too. And anytime I can see Dustin Rhodes wrestling on pay-per-view, I, I, I'm always happy to see that since I was a small kid. And uh, Cole Cabana in the Dark Order, it's been a great story. So uh, I think there's a lot of great wrestling on the show. Nothing I'm more excited about than... MJF versus Moxley for the championship, but really all the championship matches and that eight-man tag and Bucks versus Jurassic Express, I think they're all strong wrestling matches without really the, the reliance on the stipulations you're talking about, Sean, although there are a few matches on the card that, that have them. Uh, I think uh, you'll see there's going to be a lot of great wrestling, man. All right. Thanks, Tony. you got time for a few more. i got uh, next in line here is Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Mike, you there? Hey, Mike. Mike, you need to unmute your line. All right, can you guys hear me now? Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you, Tony? Good to talk to you, sir. Um, Great. You brought, up, you brought up the relationship with uh, TNT and WarnerMedia. What's the status of the second AEW series coming to TNT? Is it still going to be envisioned as AEW Dark, the way it was mentioned a while back by no. Kevin Riley? And how has the relationship between the two sides changed, if at all, with all the shuffling within WarnerMedia? I tried to thanks, – thanks for asking, uh, Mike. It's, it's great, and I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's funny because I, have, I, I speak to them a lot, and, and – uh, They've actually I've had texts from, from top executives at Warner because we talk so much about promoting the show and about ideas. They actually have texted while I've been on this call with you guys. 
uh, and um, it's a great relationship. And like I said, it's it's a lifeblood of our company, uh, you know, our media partnership. And um, Kevin, at the time when he was saying dark, that was not accurate. Uh, we were not going to bring dark as the third hour, and and we had communicated that, but it was a miscommunication. I think Kevin misunderstood some of the materials. Dark was doing very very well, and I think is doing very very well. And dark has actually risen since this conversation we had with Kevin. But um, that we would do a totally different third hour and keep dark on YouTube, and that is still the plan. And that show will be launched uh, in the next year. Um, I don't have an exact date. I can promise you it will be in the next year, uh, but I don't know exactly when. And uh, there's a lot of work that's going to go into it that still needs to be done in terms of uh, market testing. Uh, you know, there's a lot. It's a, a lot goes into launching a show, and uh, b before it'll go on network television, we'll we'll have to do all that work. And um, I think, frankly, as far as going in and doing that market research and uh, putting together a launch plan. The pandemic sidetracked us on that, and it made it more difficult. And as far as people developing new shows and working on them, a lot of shows um, have been slowed down. We've been really fortunate that AEW Dynamite has been on through the pandemic and done really, really well, and has consistently been around the in or around the top ten shows. And that was our goal and their goal for us. And uh, I don't know exactly when, but uh, as Things are starting to hopefully get more and more normal, and as hopefully as the country keeps trending in a better direction, hopefully, uh, in terms of going back uh, to work, we'll be we'll be uh, definitely launching the show soon. I don't know the exact date though, man. And then, as far as the relationship to your question, which uh, you asked, yeah, it's, it's I'm very fortunate. Uh, that I, that I met Kevin, and I'm glad you gave me a chance to say this and that on the call I can address it because um, without Kevin, there would not be AEW quite possibly. And, uh, I and I'll say that because even when we got to a point where we didn't have a deal and I wasn't sure the show was going to be on TNT, I had gotten far enough down the road um, where I knew I was going to do this. It was uh, a crazy process. Um, Sometimes I see people say, and it's not a bad thing because it's like it's a really important part of our brand, and it's a selling point for what I'm doing this weekend, and this is fitting timing that it's the two-year anniversary of All In now, but it's the one-year anniversary of All Out. Um, All In was a hugely important show for the wrestling business. I was going to start a wrestling company before All In. All, if, I've seen people say that there wouldn't be AEW without All In. There, Probably would be AEW without All In, but I don't know if it would have been the same success it was or how it would have gone off. Uh, John Moxley had one of the greatest quotes ever when he described meeting me and how it went and how it could have gone. And he was like, you know, I didn't know him. And, like, you know, uh, could he have totally screwed it up? Yes. <laughs> and it was like, that was like this. Uh, it was like, uh, could have really gotten screwed up. Uh, but it didn't, uh, it, you know, for, uh, our relationship, Kevin, uh, was the guy that for me, he opened a lot of doors. When I went to all in, I wanted to see how it went, but I knew we would be doing a lot of our, we'd be adding a lot and doing a lot of things. And I knew the guys had drawing power. And as far as 
the show, I, I wanted to see a good show, but whether it was good or bad, there was going to be AEW. And um, for Kevin, I had gone to Kevin in April on effectively a whim, like those moments. Like, and it just, it, hopefully it inspires people because like the worst thing people can say to you if you have a dream is no. And I know I was in a unique position and ba effectively like born on third base, really. Uh, and uh, this was my uh, cliche. I'm sorry if, I, if it's a cliche being, you know, this expression, but it's how I feel. I'm very grateful for the position I was in. And then uh, I was able to, you know, effectively get home for us on this uh, by going to Kevin and, and making an aggressive move, telling him I wanted to start a wrestling company and that, uh, if, if he was going to be bidding on media rights for wrestling, he should talk to me. And I think at first, even though he knew, you know, I had credibility in the world of sports and we're friends, he thought maybe this was a completely crazy idea, but he, he humored it. But it wasn't like Kevin just then green-lighted the show. I spent, then, like, almost a year, really, well, actually over a year by the time we really got there, but, but almost a year before I even had any commitment from them. I mean, he put me in at the ground level with all the marketing and and media people, and then we got to a point where I wasn't sure that the show was going to be on TNT, but I'd gotten so far down the road before I actually had a deal with them that I needed to do this. I knew now that uh, it was going to be a viable business. I, by December, I had gotten so into the weeds on this that there were a couple different business models, and I'd found people were interested in it. It wasn't just you know whether I signed with TNT or not. I was going to have a chance to do this and make it a viable business. And I'd already, uh, you know, talked to Chris and talked to people and, 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 and I knew that I could do this. So, uh, you know, for me going back, uh, all in is like a, a great, great achievement in wrestling. It was great, uh, show, but to me, like coming in a year later with all out to be in the same building and to do, to be where I came to their show, as their friend and as a fan, and then to be there working together and putting the show together under AEW, it was it felt really cool and it felt like we'd come full circle. I was I'm, I was happy and I was proud of Cody and the Young Bucks, and also I just want to say because Mike brought it up, I'm really grateful for Kevin. I don't think uh, if Kevin if I hadn't gone up to Kevin, I never would have had the guts to start this company and. The guys might have found another person to work with, and, and it could have been a totally different thing, but I don't think anybody would have made the eight-figure, you know, tens of millions of dollars commitment uh, into starting a business that we've made. And uh, I don't know what the returns would have been, but I think we've had great returns, and I just don't think I'd be here without Kevin Riley, and I don't think AEW would be here without Kevin Riley or any of us. So I'm really grateful to him. And, uh, you know... Now I think uh, we've got this great relationship, and we have a chance to do something really, really special. I never dreamed in my wildest dreams all the years that I wrote Dynamite and Notebooks and dreamed of starting a wrestling company that we would be on TNT. Because in my wildest dreams, I never that we never, you know, it's that wrestling would be back on TNT. It's uh, it's like something out of a fantasy for me. And again, like when I talked about how happy I am to be at work with the people I work with, to be on the channel I am and to work with these people, it's such an honor. Uh, and WarnerMedia is the, is the dream partner for me. Uh, they've been a dream partnership. 
And because of them, we have a chance. You know, we did all out last year, and it was a big success. Uh, we have a chance for this show to be a great success and a bigger success because of the exposure they've given us uh, over the past year with Dynamite. And, you know, to our new, new uh, media bosses and the new team, uh, just starting to get to know them. And uh, they have a vision, and I really believe we fit into that vision. I believe that wrestling is some of the strongest streaming content in the world. I believe there are a lot of people who consume wrestling, and I believe that we are a really strong cable property, and that's how we got, that's how we got here. We've built Dynamite up into a top 10 show consistently on Wednesday nights. Uh, I'm constantly thinking about it, retooling it, kicking myself, uh, beating myself up to try and make Dynamite better, and I really believe uh, that if we all put our heads together, that uh, we can make Dynamite the best wrestling show in the world, if, if it's not already, in your opinion. I think uh, we're, working our, we're working hard, but I do think that Warner Media, uh, I can't say enough about the relationship, and I hope that as the company uh, AEW grows and as we get more and more established, we do more and more things together. You guys asked me about the FCW title earlier, and I said I, there's things I want to do differently with the FCW title, a different presentation. Uh, I, thankfully, nobody followed up and, and tried to get me to elaborate more details, but, but that's an, one example of different things we're trying to do with Warner Media, And you'll see a lot more projects. In addition to Dynamite, which is our flagship show, uh, and our, you know, Wednesday night is our, our flagship product, um, you'll see a lot more different kinds of shows. In addition to this third hour of wrestling, uh, things that aren't necessarily your classic wrestling show, but I also want Dynamite to feel like your wrestling show. And if there's four times a year going into these pay-per-views where I don't put wrestling, 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 wrestling on, please know that the other 48 weeks of a year, it is the number one concern. And, uh, and, and then, for frankly, I hear you guys on these go-homes. Maybe, maybe I should put more wrestling on the go-homes and, and, and not be so story-driven in the second hour. Uh, and and I, the worst thing I could do is not listen to what you guys say and the fans say because they're always right. That's why over the, the over the holidays uh, I banged my head and we all banged our heads against the wall so much to come back so strong at the beginning of the year to make sure 2020 was a great year. Uh, that's how I feel about every week now. And uh, with all out uh, the card that's in front of you guys, I'm really proud of it. I think from a bell to bell standpoint, you'll see. Uh, something that's going to make you guys smile this weekend. I've been waiting for this for a long time. To do Dynamite in front of fans the last couple of weeks has been really special. Uh, and to open it up a little bit more and have a few more fans, but be able to look myself in the mirror and know that we're doing it safely and we haven't uh, risked anybody's safety, whether it's the, the fans themselves or the crew and the wrestlers, to do it, to get that reaction, to get those pops and the dramatic feel and and the, what we've all been missing uh i'm just so excited for it and, and i thank you guys for sitting through uh this call with me and I, I, jim I don't, if, is, do we have any other ones uh, this has been so great i was going to end with one more question we are at the top of the hour we are in a time limit but uh per custom uh, we, we normally spin the wheel and, and, and uh, get one more call in and one more question in, and we've done that. So we have time for one more, and the winner is Louis Gangor from WrestleTalk. So, Louis, if you're there, uh, we got time to jam you in here for a real quick one. 
Uh, hi, uh, Louis here from Wrestle Talk. Thank you so much for taking the time, Tony. Hey, thank you. Um, obviously, you guys have done some great work with All Out and the Build. If you look at the card now, and we know obviously you guys planned quite far in advance, how much has changed from what you guys planned or from what you thought the All Out card would look like? A lot of it is the same. Uh, the biggest change, I think, I, honestly, it's mostly what I expected. Um, there have been a couple changes. I originally had Britain Swole on the main card. And uh, not being sure that Brit, Brit hasn't wrestled in a long time. And I think their cinematic match is going to be great. But uh, that was one thing that I changed. And then also... Um, there, you know, most of it really has been the plan all summer. I think when you look at, uh, that we wanted to do MJF challenging Moxley for the championship that we believed, uh, you know, Kenny and Hangman had this great run as champions. And now, uh, we've got, uh, arguably the toughest challenge we've ever put in front of them. The number one contenders being FTR, uh, that, uh, you know, Matt and Sammy, um, the culmination of their story, and Chris versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I think that uh, some challenges, some international challenges, changed things up, and Thunder Rosa was some ingenuity. Kenny threw it out there, and like I said, I have a good relationship with Billy, and when he, he, we were listing names, and Kenny said Thunder Rosa, and I was like, I'll call Billy. It's a great idea. I'd love to do that. And so I booked it. And um, that was a change. Um, some of the names in the Casino Battle Royale, there'd be some people, if, if uh, I had my ways, that everybody could be here uh, that might be a little different. But uh, generally, the vast majority of those people are the people I would put in. And honestly, a lot of it's been good, man. There's been people that have come in through the pandemic. Uh, like, a great examples would be guys that have gotten signed out of the Open Challenge, Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. Uh Ricky Starks came in. I didn't plan for this. Uh, Cody had a list of names uh, that he suggested, and they were good names. And at the, the the Ricky Starks week, Ricky Starks was by far my favorite name on the list, even though I'd never seen him in person and, and had briefly met him once in Texas but never really spent that much time with him or gotten to know him and uh, had never seen him work in person. Uh, he blew me away in his match with Cody. Uh, and I really wanted Ricky to be here. And not only that, but while Ricky was in the ring with Cody, I knew what I wanted Ricky to do. And I had already turned the gears in my head about Ricky being with Taz and about Ricky working with Darby and John Moxley and, uh, before he had even gotten back there. And I thought that was a home run that he hit and that Cody hit with him in what was kind of a tryout match. Uh, and Ricky hit a home run. So that was something I hadn't planned for for Ricky. And now Ricky's a huge part of AEW and, and a huge part of this Casino Battle Royale. But I didn't expect that necessarily months ago. And also, uh, Eddie Kingston is another one. I've been a fan of Eddie Kingston a long time. And I really enjoy Eddie. I think he's a great wrestler and a great promo. And I'd always thought maybe Eddie Kingston could come in and fit in here. But it just hadn't. Uh, I don't know. I never had that one idea click where I was like, that's what we need to do with Eddie Kingston. Cody had a list of guys, again, Eddie Kingston. I was like, that's my favorite. That's who I want and, and booked it. And uh, Eddie Kingston, I thought, hit a home run. And again, uh, I had an idea for Eddie Kingston. I thought with uh, 
you know, pack being gone, uh, there was a great opportunity uh, for Eddie Kingston. We had done this eight-man tag that was kind of a, a great match, I thought. Not kind of. It was a great match, I thought, uh, with FTR and the Young Bucks at Fighter Fest against Phoenix, Penta, and Butcher and the Blade. And we had a fun story going there. And, and it's no secret we really miss PAC as a company. I really miss PAC. Uh, I think we all do. Um, and, you know, uh, last year when Moxley was unavailable on All Out, PAC stepped up for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunately he's not here, but now we have all these other guys on the crew to step up. And um, so, you know, with, with Eddie, I think he can be, a mouthpiece for the Lucha Brothers, but also we see a lot of moving parts uh, under his leadership with Pena Phoenix and Butcher and Blade. Um, and Eddie coming in again when Eddie did the match and did a great job and, and nailed the promo and, and the reception to Eddie was so good. I thought, okay, well, I think Eddie would be great for this. So we pivoted some stuff, and now all five of those guys are t- you know in this casino battle royale, and they're a big part of the story. So um, some things have changed there, but the, the main stuff on the card – a lot of it was what we've always wanted to do. And Bucks versus Jurassic Express, I think we felt like could be a great match on the card. Again, two of the top teams and both in the top five and to set up a great challenger, whether, you know, what either team would be a great opponent for Kenny and Hangman or FTR after the title match. So um, it's a great question, man. And um, a lot of it's the same, but, but not all of it is what I would have said months ago. But um, the the MJF and Moxley and Kenny and Hangman versus FTR, certainly I would have told you a while ago, uh, and, and Chris versus Orange and Matt and Sammy, I think, um, if that makes sense. All right, Tony. <laughs> well, um, everybody who's joined us, uh, uh, thank you very much. We're definitely at the end of our time. Um, on behalf of everyone and, and on behalf of Tony, and everyone at All Elite Wrestling, a thousand thanks for taking the time today to join us and your continued interest in AEW. Um, as, as we've said in the past, we don't take your commitment to the wrestling industry for granted and be assured it's appreciated, especially this year, a very unusual and eventful year. So we'll be distributing an audio copy of, uh, of the teleconference here with Tony very shortly, so I'll be looking for that. And again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you uh, enjoy all out uh, on Saturday night and the entire holiday weekend. Thanks very much. Thank you. Happening this weekend at the uh, and they will have fans in the building, paid fans in the building, I and mean, this is crazy. Let's start there. What does everybody think of the AEW fans actually being in the building, Sal? It actually added a, a different dynamic that we haven't had in a while, and um, I, I missed the singing of Jericho's theme. Yes, I marked and out after for that. like five months, six months. It just it, it felt so nice. I totally marked out for that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yay. I'm so happy. John, you, I know, like, we were supposed to have you on for Wait double or nothing. And we were, wanted to talk about how the fans, there was no fans in the building. So now you could you can go on both perspectives. We've had pre, and now we're here with fans again. John, your thoughts. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it has. They've done the best they could do. Um, like they've done better than WWE, I think, without the fans. But as soon as just adding a few more in there, it made such a difference. It really, really did. And it seemed like they were being very safe because I've seen some yes. things going, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be safe. You know, events, they let loads of people in and it doesn't look safe. This did. Sturgis. People were distanced. It wasn't too full. It was good. I assume the pay-per-view is going to be similar. Maybe more people, but it's not packed, is it? I think they won on Thursday with 10%. I think tonight's show with 10%. I think pay-per-view is going to be 15%. So see that's, that's fine. That's good. It's keeping people safe, but it's adding atmosphere. That's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. I think my favorite part of the fans wasn't well, even Jericho. It was Moxley deciding, "Ooh, the people here. I'm going to now take my sweet ass time and play to these fans that are finally here." Like it was yeah. the <laughs> most badass, cool thing I've ever seen. But like Mrs. Moxley is like, having so much fun now. Um, that changes thought. his character. I think it really like yeah. that's what he needs to be doing. And he hasn't been able to. Hundred percent, Dad. I think this is a good thing for AEW because it seemed to be taking baby steps and doing it the right way as opposed to, okay, well, let's open all our doors and bring in fans. And all of a sudden now you're back to square one. This is a good thing for them. And I've heard talent say that this is something they need is to play with fans in the audience as opposed to cardboard cutouts and pipe music and pipe remarks or anything. You know, there's, there's something to say as a talent when you look out and you see people out there, regardless of whether it's 200, 2000, or 20,000, you know, it gives you something to kind of gear off of, of, of whether or not, you know, uh, should I do this move now or, or should I wait with this move? I or, agree. You know, 100%. do I need, do I need to, to hype up the crowd now or do I do it later? You know, so this is something that's great uh, for the talent. And this is something that they needed to have because you can only do so much with, you know, recruits from your training school or whatever, you know. and Or like the cast of Dark on the outside. <laughs> Everyone that's supposed to be on Dark on the outside. There you go. <laughs> and Bit Baker, which we'll get to. Uh, we'll get to her. Um, let's get to the show. Oh, before, one more thing. It must be kicking. It must be killing Vince that AEW got fans first. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> well, it's the kind of thing that would annoy him. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I love it. Let me let me kind of interject this into the system, especially we're coming to technology, right? They were rushing to do this for all the screens. They wanted to get you know people, you know, fans to be interactive. In the Thunderdome. I, I understand hey. that, right? But for two <laughs> weeks in a row, when you have fans that are basically putting out. Oh, yeah. Propaganda signs. Oh yeah, or yeah, yeah. Crispin wines, like we're wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood. I know we went through this Come last on. week. We went through this last week. I'll say it again, and we'll get so, back no, to no, all out. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, go. Technology is a two-edged sword. It either works for you or works against you, and you have to have your due diligence on getting these things off as soon as possible, because it's those people that are going to record for everyone. They're going to say, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. Screw it. Or, or as I said last week so elegantly, stop being assholes, but just stop being assholes. Or at progress no. shows. No, 
or John, as they say at progress shows, don't be a dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> that one was for you. All right, let's go on. Let's get into the show. Casino Battle Royale. I'm assuming this is going to be on the buy-in, but I don't know for a fact. We'll find out tonight. The people announced so far are Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Eddie Kingston, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, and The Blade. Um, based on this and the fact that I'm a, I think it's 21 people are going to be in this match. Um, so I guess we'll just based on this style, who's winning this thing? Um, I think Lance Archer needs something to do. So yeah, I'm picking him. That's a good pick. Dad. I'm going to go along with Lance Archer also, because you want him to have something or program to get into. And the best program I can see him getting into right now is getting into a match against the machine, Brian Cage. Okay, well, that's not what the casino battle is for, but I understand where you're going with this. Um, John? I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say Lance Archer. I was also contemplating Brian Cage, and for the same reason. I think those two need to have a match, right? They need to go in a program together. Um, And it's a good way for one of them to lose but still sort of set up the story without them looking weak. Because, you know, it's a multi-man match. It's a battle royal. I will also say, if they're looking to turn Lance Archer face, like it seemed like they were doing on last week's show, having him go against Cage and have Taz talk him up as the heel manager on Cage's side might be the best thing for Lance Archer. So that might just be. Mm. Um, I'm going to pick differently and go with Darby Allen just be different, but now I'm going to Lance Archer. The thing with Cage, <laughs> it was that I won't take Cage is because he did win that last um that chip in that last like um, casino battle um, ladder match. Mm. Yeah, that's the only reason I say he's not going to win this one because he just won that ladder match. Hmm. All right, I'm actually excited for this match though because I don't know a lot about Eddie Kingston. Right? True. I've never really seen him before, um, and from what I've seen of him on AEW, I don't really get his whole vibe. Like, what's he? What's his shtick? <laughs> I don't know. I want to see. I want to see him properly in action. True. Valid point. Valid point. All right, let's move on to a match that's happening, apparently. The Dark Order. We have the TNT champion, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson taking on the natural nightmare, Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, Scorpio Sky, and Matt Cardona. Apparently, this is a match that's happening. Um, John, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I feel mean saying this, but I, I kind of don't care. It's just there to pad out the card a little bit, isn't it? And the Dark Order have got to win, right? Yeah, you can't give win. this to anyone else. They need to win. Especially since Brody Lee just won the TNT Championship. They, they yeah, kind of he's the champ. <laughs> his, his group's on the up. Uh, he's got you know the stuff going on with Colt. We need to know what's going on with that. You can't have the natural nightmares win. <laughs> does, does Colt Cabana even know what's going on with him? Like, does he even know what's going on with his own character? No. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I hope there is like an end game to that, and it's not just like, I don't know, we'll figure it out at some point. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sal? Um, I love how he was wearing uh, an AEW blazer the other day. Um, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and I agree. I, uh, Dark Order needs to win because, you know, Mr. Brody Lee is going to be really upset. And I really don't feel like watching him beat more people up in his own stable. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. I will say I enjoyed him yelling at his own stablemates for doing the awful fight. Um, you deserved a chant. That made me laugh really hard. I'm not gonna lie. That was great. <laughs> Dad, your thoughts on this match? Uh, yeah, I see Dark Order winning. Uh, but I, I see a twist with this. Is at the end of the match, he's gonna recruit to T. Marshall. Ooh. 
Ooh. I mean, two QTMR shows is going to join the Dark Order. Are they going to take Allie with and him and another um, woman? The natural, the nightmare family. Hmm. Are they going to take oh, Allie I with like him? I like that. That would be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that, though. I do like that. Um, I'll what... tell you what, Brody Lee has been, as soon as he won the title and he had that interview, it completely sold me on him because before I'm like, ah, well, I don't really get his character as the leader of the Dark Order. Is it a cult? Is it making fun of Vince? I don't know. Yes. Uh, but now he did that promo and I was like, oh, this is great. This is what he needed. Well, yeah, it's both. Here's it's both. the thing. Didn't they recruit, what's your name? Tia Mante? Oh, Tia, Tia Conti. And she said yes. Tia Conti. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anna Jay. It's Anna Jay. Yes, right? I'll explain why. The people that missed this. Anna Jay. And Ty Conti tagged together in the um in the Deadly Draw tournament. That's why they 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 went right. for Ty Conti. Good right, <laughs> but now if you bring T. Marshall into it, he can basically kind of mold and guide them to where Mister Brody Lee would like him to get to. I I honestly would not be surprised if by the end of the year one of these women in the Dark Order wins the AEW Women's Championship. That would not shock me by the end of this year. So oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, moving on to a match that's not officially announced yet. But if you ask Jr., this match is announced already. So I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> so we'll just talk about it anyway. Is Doctor Bit Baker to get Big Swole? Jr. said, "Well, to get her, get her hands on her at all out." But they never did actually announce this match. So <laughs> I think Jr. is just ahead of the game. Wait, wait a minute. Does the winner of the match get a case of Jr.'s barbecue sauce? No. Hey. No, I don't think so. I think I, I, I'm Damn. still trying to figure out. After even if they lost, did Penelope, Penelope Ford still get the dental work? That's the question I have. <laughs> after the loss, well, last no, week. she should do because if you remember, it wasn't if you do this for me and you win, you get the free oh, dental work. Point. It was just if you okay. do this. Ah. All right, let's talk about Doctor Big Baker. Got a lawyer Swole. on the panel here <laughs> for real. Hey, I am looking forward to this. Um, Big Swole kind of scares me a little bit. She's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but I do miss Britt Baker a lot in the ring. So I'm hoping that she's ready to go for this. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I I really want to see this now. They've they've built this up really well, considering you know Britt has been out of action for so long. They've done well to keep me actually interested in seeing it. And I mean, I would want Britt to win, but when I listened to the AEW podcast, I did quite like the one with Big Swole because at first I was like, ah, I don't know if I'll listen to that one or not. <laughs> but I put it on, and she came across really well. I liked her actually, so it's it's changed my opinion on her a bit. Yeah, I'm quite I'm quite excited. See, I enjoyed the Big Baker episode though too. So that was a good episode. Oh, that was great. That was a great episode. <laughs> if you ever want to hear someone talk about dentistry and the wrestling business and have fun with it, that was a great hour. That was a great hour. Um, Sal, go ahead. Um, I've I've grown to like Big Swole. I wasn't a huge fan of hers at first. I I didn't really understand what she was all about. Uh, but she's definitely grown on me, and um, I, I think just for the purpose of how the storyline's been going, I, I, I feel like maybe Big Swole should come with come with the victory, and you know, overcome the the the, the bully of Britt Baker that's been haunting her for months now. Dad. Okay. Well, I can't reach the internet right now. Check your modem or router connection and try again. How Thank you, Google. Um, <laughs> thanks, Google. I appreciate that. That was perfect. Uh, one question I've How got is this. <laughs> is, 
I, do we know for sure if Brick Baker's actually going to wrestle? I think or is she, she going to substitute like Reba instead of her for the match? That's the thing. Like I said, they haven't officially announced this yet. Brick said she'll be at all. She'll be wrestling at all out months ago. So here we are. <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see Reba in another match yet. Or Rebel, as her actual <laughs> name is. <laughs> no, it's well, Reba. God damn it, Rebel. Uh, according according to Tony, it's Reba. According, according to, to JR, Rebel, it's Rebel. It's Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rebel. I, I like thing? that they just keep that going now. Yeah, just forever have both names. You know, uh, is there someone else she's gonna make wrestle in her place? I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like. Big Swole's character. I don't want to see them do more with the Big Swole character than just have this little tete-a-tete with Brick Baker. You know, let's let's go after something else. So I, I'm I'm saying yeah, Big Swole. Whoever wrestles her, Big Swole's gonna gonna win. I love by the way this Sal just walked out of the Big Brother DR. Did they did they vote him out? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That was funny. Um, I, I think they voted him out. My thing is, I'm gonna stick with Britt Baker to win this thing, but it would not shock me if they gave it to Swole. But I'm gonna go Britt Baker. I think they might give Swole the win on like Dynamite or something like that after the first match. So that makes sense. That that keeps it a bit more sort of fair. I think yeah. It's almost sad that Sal's not here for the next match. This match was announced during Raw on Monday. All of a sudden, they popped up. I went on. I went online to find some pictures about Raw, and all of a sudden, I saw this match announced by AEW. It's a broken street fight. I don't know what the difference is between a normal street fight and a broken <laughs> street fight is, but that's what we're doing. It is Matt Hardy, or Matthew Hardy, or whatever we're calling him today, against Sammy. Sammy, I can't keep my mouth shut. Guevara. Um, <laughs> I'll start with John while we're waiting for Sal to come back. Well, this one. I, again, I'm I'm very excited to see this, right? Because at first, I, I kind of went off the boil with it because the Matt Hardy thing, he, he wasn't the same without an audience. Um, you know, the broken thing kind of wasn't working, but then he switched back to just being Matt Hardy, which I found, no offense, Matt, very boring. So I wasn't too into seeing this until A, we got some crowd members back, and B the unfortunate accidents they've had injuring each other. <laughs> it's hysterical. This feud has been hysterical. <laughs> it's added to it, weirdly. It's, it's a complete accident, but wounding each other like that, it's been great. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Uh, it's funny. So who's winning this thing? Mm, who's going to win? Who's going to win? I'm going to go with Matt Hardy. Okay, fair um, enough. I don't know. Sammy, as long as he has a good performance... You know, does well, puts up a good fight. He doesn't have to win to come out of it looking good against Matt Hardy. Fair enough. Um, so I, I actually I'm picking Sammy Guevara to win this thing because I, I think the inner circle should actually win a match on this show, and I don't think they're going to <laughs> outside of this match. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that for that main reason, Dad. I, I'm gonna go with Matt Hardy only because I think. Matt Hardy, as of right now, has that unpredictable factor. Like, you don't know what he's going to do next or what version of Matt you're going to get next. Mm. Uh, and I think that's what's going to keep people guessing, which is good. Because, like I said, if you get too predictable, people are just going to go ho-hum and go, okay, I want something else. But here's the thing. Are we keeping it in the stadium or are we going to the Hardy compound? No, it's a normal match. It's a normal match in in the stadium, like normal match. Um, that's it. That's the thing, man. Hardy doesn't do things normal though. 
We True. Oh, mm. by the way, I want to take a note. Right as we're ready to throw to him, Sal's back in the Big Brother Diary room. Um, Sal, who's winning Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara? Um, um, uh, I would assume Matt Hardy. Right. Okay. Hey, we win. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, let's move on to the match we're all looking forward to. The Mimosa Mayhem match. <laughs> Chris Jericho <laughs> versus Art Cassidy. And I just want to read this because it makes me laugh. And the match can be won by pinfall submission or throwing your pipe of mimosas. <laughs> this is absolutely is there tricky. a giant straw that comes with it? Who knows? There might be. It might be a weapon. Who knows? Um, this is hilarious. Um, see, my whole thing is. I have a weird feeling Jericho's going to win this match, but Jericho will end up in the Beta Minoso one. This is all said and done. So, I have a feeling that's how this is going to go. I want Orange to win this, but I have a feeling Jericho will. Sal? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that, too. I have a feeling that... I mean, they've been building Orange Cassidy really well in this feud, uh, which I was really happy to see that they're actually showing that he's not like this like weird joke character. But I, I do see Jericho winning by cheating or whatever he's going to do, but ultimately end up into a giant pool of mimosas. <laughs> you know what makes me. <laughs> you know what makes me think that's definitely happening as well is that the the stipulation says pinfall submission or the mimosa. Exactly. Now, why would you bother having a match with a tank of mimosa? And also having pinfalls and submissions. He's going right. to win by cheating in a pinfall or something and then go in the tank. You're right. <laughs> Dad, are you going to do with this? I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy. Okay, Ooh. fair enough. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. <laughs> no. And here's the reason why I'm going with Orange Cassidy because everyone looks at him as the underdog. Like he can't do it. He can't do, do this. He's going to do it, and he's going to prove everyone wrong. And the best way to do it, is by putting Chris Jericho in the into the big keeping glass of mimosa. <laughs> but it's a tank, not thing. a glass. It's a tank. Here's the thing. <laughs> They're not counting in a mix- mixologist who happens to be Hangman Page. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty damn funny. <laughs> that's too weak for him. He's he's more of a hardcore drinker. Right, let's go to the next well, match. Let's go to the next match. But we'll get the Hangman. Hey, they minute. sneak up on you. Well, hang- <laughs> we'll get the Hangman in a few minutes. That's true. We have the Women's Championship, AEW Women's Championship. It is um, Hikaru Shida. Good style, say it for me. Hikaru Shida. Thank you. Um, taking on NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa. There's a match I never thought I'd say. There's I'm excited. no way in hell Shida's losing this belt, but I am looking forward to this match, Sal. Um, I Call me crazy. I want okay, Thunder crazy. Rosa to win. Ooh. Okay, crazy. <laughs> I would love to see her win. I would love to see Thunder Rosa win, and it would build a really nice story till possibly the next pay per view, which is what February or something. Um, or something like that. I'm not even sure when the next one is. John, see, I assume Sheeta will win, but I would like as well to see Thunder Rosa win. But th- there's one thing that puts me off that happening is I actually just started watching NWA. As, it, as the lockdown happened and everything shut down. <laughs> so I watched two weeks of it and was like, this is a pretty good show. Really? You actually now, enjoyed the, with the power turning up here. Hold on, sorry, time out, Okay, I have to stop now. You actually enjoyed Power 
post-Pantera? The the two episodes I watched, I was like, oh, this is fun because it feels like I'm watching some cheap late-night thing from, like, the 70s or something. (laughs) Which is the whole thing. That's what they're going for. That's what they want to do, and it worked. It was silly and whatnot. Okay. But now that a lot of them are turning up in AEW, I'm a bit worried that maybe it's going away. Maybe they're laying the groundwork for something. They're apparently going to be doing NWA's a going to be sold. And NWA whatnot. apparently they're doing a weekly live fight show starting in like two weeks hmm. for pay for payment. I don't know what's going on. And, and we'll Billy see. Cor- and Billy Corgan's still in charge, right? Yeah. But he, he did turn up in the, uh, the yeah. package as well for Thunder Rosa on yeah, he was uh, Dynamite, Dynamite last week, week, didn't he? He was doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Mm. All right. So, um, Dad. Okay. Here's the thing. I remember Thunder Rosa coming up and watching our tag team of the uh, Scissors Sisters, I believe. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now she's broken wrong. off and she's developed into her kind of like her own self and has the women's NWA belt, which... It's great because that proves that they've got, you know, uh, they've got something with her or doing something with her. She has that it factor and hopefully she still has it it factor. But I think she's going to be a little bit overshadowed with uh, AEW. Uh, But I'm looking for her to win and and get the title. So I don't know what she's going to do with the NWA title. And I don't think, and I so hope not, that they're going to merge the titles because that would just be stupid and foolish. All right. So we're pretty split here. I like this. We're, we're split on this match. Interesting. All right. Let's move on. This is a match that I should be super obvious. AEW Tag Team Championships. It is Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page as the champions still taking on <laughs> FTR. Um there is no way in hell that FTR does not leave with these belts. <laughs> There's zero, one, hey, zero chance. Hey, I'd have said the same thing until that Roman Reigns stuff happened. I know, but I'm just saying, based on storylines they've been telling us, unless the Young Bucks turn heel and join up with FTR, they're uh, joining up or something like that happens, there is zero chance, zero chance FTR is not winning the titles. John. I mean, yeah, I assume the same thing, right? FTR's got to win. Uh, unless they're going to do something really weird and off the wall, which I can't even predict. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, Sal? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think the way everything's been going, um, if, if, if Omega and, and, and Adam Page retain somehow... Um, I, I will, I will shave Uh-oh. my eyebrows off. Keep in mind, we do record <laughs> well, video on this show. Why don't you just say something easy like you're going to stop drinking mimosas? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know, we do record these shows on video, so just a group of some note that. <laughs> I, you know are what, Sal? Holding, Sal? Are we holding Hang on. Sal to his, uh... Sal, you just found the clip to go on Instagram. For the show. Thank you. Are we holding Sal to his words? Well, we'll find out next week. Though, that's how we? that's how confident I am in my boo Cash Wheeler. Okay, Dad, <laughs> your pick officially. Um, yeah, I see FTR winning. I really do. I, I don't see him not winning because, oh, let's put it this way. If FTR doesn't win, we'll riot. Okay, WWE fan. Hey, well, hey, 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 hey. fans. All, 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 all I'm saying is 
you're getting fans back into the stadium. I don't think you want fans to leave, do you? Well, and technically, aren't they are the heels? <laughs> technically, are well, no, heels. but I mean, no. I mean, if you keep the belt on Omega and Hangman Page, know, I agree with you. I'm it's saying. just to me is an injustice. I want to see this implosion. I don't want to see these friends turn on one another. I want to see that drama because no, no, that's I'm agreeing what's with you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree with you. One hundred percent. All right. Speaking of which, now let's get to this. Um, AEW World Championship match is John Maxley, as Justin Roberts loves to emphasize in seventeen syllables, against MJF and apparently running for president. Apparently, um, <laughs> the paradigm shift has been banned. The paradigm shift has been banned from this match because apparently it's a life-threatening move, according to MJF's lawyer. Sure, let's go with that. Um, Moxie's got to retain. He has to retain. Um, John? Yeah, I think Moxley's retaining because of what I said before, where, you know, you're finally getting uh, you're finally getting some fans back, and his whole character needs the fans. He hasn't had a proper real title reign in some ways. He hasn't had that interaction. He's meant to be like a stone cold. He can't have nobody in the audience for him. Yeah, he needs to retain. He needs to have mm-hmm. a proper go at it. If you want to see Stone Cold with no audience, go watch that weird Raw episode on 316. Go watch yes. that episode. <laughs> it's on the network. <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> it's performance art. Oh, yay. Byron Saxon was highlighted that, though. I will say Byron Saxon was amazing. Um, Sal? Sal? What'd you throw to me? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Um, <laughs> I couldn't hear you. Let me sh- the wall. I got distracted. I have to clean it up. Um, I, yeah, I mean, as fun as it would be to have MJF be champ and what he can do with it, uh, I just I don't see that happening. So I'm I'm gonna say Moxley retains. I need to clarify to John that Livy is um Salzburg. I just want to clarify that. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Just She's a parrot. There's a difference. I know. I was but... going to say, you mean bird as in bird, not the English slang bird. Well, she's in the NPR. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. no, 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 John. It's not the middle finger. It's an actual animal. Because of what he said, Libby shit on the wall. I just want to clarify that that was a bird. Um, Dad, made a bed, picks, go. Uh, Max is going to win. Um, and... I think he needs the win to kind of sustain his image, so to speak. Um, but let's put it in even a broader perspective. He can't do the, what is it, uh, that move? Paradigm the shift. paradigm shift. Or the death but, rider, if you're in Japan. <laughs> okay, but there's nothing saying he can't do another pile driver move. It's true. There are other moves you can do. They're technically a DDT. It's not a pile driver. So technically, you're absolutely right. So he, <laughs> he could bring back pile his, driver. He, he could, could bring he back could his do... move from WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Here's there you go. And here's the other thing. He can do a package pile driver. That's to be interesting, especially at MJF size. You could do that. You know. Because Moxley does. He does like using cannonball. If you've seen his matches. I will say this. If anyone ever wants to question how tough Moxley is, he he went toe to toe with Suzuki. So just yeah, like, oh, I'm just gonna yeah. throw it out there. So, yeah. oh, that match was incredible. Yeah. So just throw it out. Okay. Um. So let's. I guess let's wrap this up before the internet on my phone decides you're not continuing the show. So let's wrap things up. Um. <laughs> Sal, what song will people be hearing when I edit this? 
so this was a song that came up on um, Pandora, and I had no idea it existed. Um, and it is uh, the, the, the uh, DJ, I guess, is called Surf Mesa, uh, featuring Emily. Uh, the song is I L Y. I love you. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, well, I owe you too. Sal, Sal, let's get out of here. Go. Uh, yeah, for more information on our show, including where you can listen, just go to theblakeandsalshow.com or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And leave comment, rating, review, and we'll read it on the show. We are part of the Wisconsin Podcast Association, and we are nominated for Best Comedy of the Year. So go in there and vote over at wisconsinpodcast.com. I'm John. I'm going to throw it to you for your plugs. Yeah, okay. You can uh, find me on the podcast Bat Minute, where we review every minute of the Batman movies. Uh, which each minute is like an hour long, so it's Lately ridiculous it is. and insane. Uh, and it's three days a week, and we're just wrapping up our third season, actually, um, which, as of release, it credits. might be over. It was actually. credits this morning, so I, I, based on the show I listened to this morning with credits. So. Yeah, and then the next one will be... Credits. The, no, we've got two more. We've got two more then, so there might be one. There you go. Uh, so you can find me on that. That's everywhere. You can just put in Bat Minute or The Bat Minute. We come up on both. And I also have another show called Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, where we talk about the rock musical Hedvig and the Angry Inch. That's not minute by minute, though, because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yes, because movies by minute podcasts are not ridiculous as it is. Um, <laughs> Dad, say your thing. Batman. That's not your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, as always, it's been your pleasure. And please, if you live in any city, town, village, township, you know, podunk little city, whatever, and there's an independent wrestling organization where you live, please patronize these people. These are the young men and women that are breaking into the world of professional wrestling, sports, entertainment, and they want you to watch them grow as they develop their skills. And what better way to do that than patronize these organizations? So please, please do that, and you'll be surprised at what these young men and women can do. And once again, please... Be kind to each other. I will say, if you're going to support your local indies, please make sure your social space and your company is actually, is actually committing to the rules, unlike some companies out there. All right. Next week, uh, it looks like the conference finals are going to be starting soon in the NHL, so look for an extra show about that. And also look for our review of AEW and other fun stuff that's going to happen, including where the hell ends up being the NXT champions next week. Um, let's get out of here because apparently Olivia is taking over South Screen. So let's, <laughs> let's get out of here. I'm Blake. I'm Sal. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to the Blake and South Show. Have a good day, everybody. And Black Lives Matter. Hey, we love you guys. See ya. Kind to each other. Be Goodbye. Safe. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Goodbye, and good night. Bye.